This is the Dylan Joe Basement Podcast. You're here to hear it first, Cameron. This is the Dylan Joe Basement Podcast. You're going to hear it first, Cab. Welcome to Salem. everyone i'm dylan that's joe this is the dylan and joe basement podcast joe is very ready with his boxed wine can you give us a shout out to that box wine give us a show joe hey everybody welcome to the dylan joe basement podcast episode six we can't wait to get this thing off the ground and we're starting it out the right way with a vino welcome folks welcome moms welcome dads welcome grandmas and welcome second cousins second cousins and uh, before we get started, um, uh, we figured for our, for our sixth episode, we would uh, introduce our newest full-time guest. Well, actually, what, he actually, he's not even a guest. He's just another host. I would uh, say, of, yeah, he's another uh, part of the podcast team, our third yeah, wheel. Yeah, podcast team. He's got a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things, a lot of actions to do. His name is DJ BP, right here, our friend. Everyone give it a warm welcome to uh, DJ BP on the Dylan and Joe Basin podcast. Sometimes he goes by DJ. Sometimes he goes by DJ BP. Go DJ. Uh, that's my DJ. So everyone give a warm welcome. Shout out to DJ. DJ was found on the side of the road in Beverly, Massachusetts by the Beverly Bridge. Shame. He was just out there looking for work, uh, looking for something to do, looking to be a part of something bigger. He's not looking for a uh, handout. He wants to be part of the process and contribute. He, and contribute, he shall. He wants to work. Um, he has, uh, and he's the first ever uh, podcast robot. And what that means is that he can assist in almost every way that someone would need to be assisted in a podcast, like holding your drink. He has an arm right here designed perfectly for uh holding a crystal like rocks glass and his other arm is 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 uh for a lot of other things whatever you yeah, want to slightly larger grasping but we appreciate him and welcome to the pod dj i'm glad you're getting in so early on the pod and we, we can't wait to see you in the future today Slant. yep yep cheers cheers to dj so um yeah so welcome back folks we're just excited to be here thanks for everything what's um what's up for today joe Today we have a very special episode of the Dylan Joe Basement Podcast. We're breaking the format today to get into a crazy wild bunch. We couldn't pick one topic. We couldn't pick two. So we thought, why not let the board pick for us? We're on the game show episode of the Dylan Joe Basement Podcast. We're going to spin the wheel. And it's going to pick a topic for us. We're going to go off for as long or as short as we like and then continue the spin. And I went on to a random topic, a randomizer, a word randomizer. And I kept hitting randomize and writing down words. And I picked the ones that could possibly be a topic made out of it, but I didn't want to look in too closely because I thought I might be like thinking about it too much. I want to be just completely random, whatever it lands on. So I made out our list. I put a couple photos associated with them and we're going to spin the wheel. And then as we spin the wheel, each topic will drop away. And maybe we don't get to the whole wheel. Maybe we get to one or two of them. Maybe we get to all of them. Who the fuck knows? I don't give a shit. It's a fucking spin the wheel pod. It's episode six. 
All right, Joe. So let's get this fucking wheel going, man. DJ's waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Our listeners are waiting for it, whether it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack time, time to feed the cat, time to feed the dog, snowing, raining, desert storms. No one fucking cares. All we want is that thing to be spun. Let's Let's spin that MFR. So here we go, folks. We're going to spin the wheel and see if we can't spin a yarn for all of you at home. All right, here we go. Seeing the wheel. Seeing the wheel. Right on there, magic wand. Here we go. <laughs> we got the wheel. <laughs> so what do we got on the wheel here? We've got we got, we got a lot of different things. I wouldn't want to. I mean, we can we can read them out, but I'll, 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 I'll let's just spin it. I think I think some people want to read them out just because they're in the car or something. They may not be seeing this. Oh, I, think, I, I don't think we should read all of them quite yet. They're going to diminish as we go along so we can read them as we go along. But if we read them all right now, it'll ruin the surprise. Okay. Let's just spin it. Let's spin this fucking thing. Let's, Let's go. See what we get to here. Van. Van. <laughs> all right. So we got to talk about vans now. All right, let's start. So, what's your what's your van thought? I know you have some van thoughts. Yeah, uh, when were vans obviously. when were vans invented? I mean, let's talk about that for a second. So, um, so vans were arguably top of my head invented around the time of. I mean, Model Ts came in a lot of different configurations for starters. Yeah. So you're talking. But I, I find like, that truck came first, right? They just extended the back of it, put a wagon on the back. And they're yeah, like, why do you put a cap over this thing? Well, that's what I'm saying. So like model, the Model T had like a uh, an actual dually pickup truck, you know, configuration situation going on with it. Yeah. And I guess a van would be the, the first definition would be just capping off that bed. Cap that shit off. Yeah. But then now we understand the van is to be not just capping it like a truck cap, but like it's open the whole way back and maybe add some seats, maybe a bed, maybe a fucking kitchen in there, whatever you got going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so the first the the when vans became popular would be the, you know, the milkman van in the bread van. Um so right, before that yeah, delivery started yeah, once you started having to deliver those things. It started with a traditional truck and then probably morphed over to being able to walk in the back and do that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, they probably didn't want it also to be open air all the time where you're like, it's great for a, you know, a wagon. You turn the covered wagon into a van, you know, you got to be delivering shit around the town. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So like there's uh, one of uh, the most beautiful and iconic milk vans would be the uh, early 40s. Uh, it was uh, the brand was Divco Delivery Van, um, and it's uh, it screams a mixture of just nice guy pulling up to bang your wife while you're at work delivering some milk type of thing. I think the kids would call that big milkman energy. Big milkman energy. So this guy <laughs> would just go around neighborhoods, BME. bang people's wives, drive this super cool van, which was. Um, uh, very similar to a cab over. So the engine is in between the seats um, and the front is very flat. Uh, you can feel that was, rumble in the jungle. Yeah, likely, jungle. Had a, likely had a straight six, possibly with a flat head on it. Um, Quite possible. Cool van. So that's the start of the van, but that wasn't, you know, they weren't as cool yet. It was just a thing. And then vans just kept going on and they, they were deliveries. When, so the first time that we really saw vans for people, 
is the uh, invention of marijuana in the 60s. I so, thought we were making that because that's, that's what I associate <laughs> with the van. I don't associate milk deliveries or, uh, you know, shuttle bus, which are all well, vans. You know, you think yeah. about taking an Uber XL or whatever. But for me, yeah. it's it's the, the van is associated with a hangout. Obviously, the minivan changes the whole vibe on it, but it's the same idea. It's having a, a, a miniature room that's mobile. You're not buying a camper. You're not buying an RV, but you just got this room that's behind your seats in this hulking thing. And gas only costs 50 cents a gallon. So it's like, let's fucking keep rolling here. Yeah. They have the vans with the curtains on them and everything. It's like, it becomes a little miniature apartment in there for you. Yeah. And I'm surprised it took people that long to go from the, you know, 40s and 50s bread truck, milk van type of stuff. And then, um, then there was definitely a little bit of a time where there was a sort of a hybrid van. Before we get to the hippie stuff, um, where the Jeepers Creepers guy drove that one, if you guys remember two back windows, um, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty cool. So we get to the hip, good, you get to like the 50s and the 60s, and really the 60s when we start to get into like the Chevy Love, the Volkswagen bus, and which um, it might be the most famous van of all time. The Volkswagen bus takes the nut, takes the cake on this one. It takes sure. the nut too. <laughs> takes the nut, takes the surfboards, takes the the uh, guy with the guitar, and um, takes your takes your lady takes your lady careful. jane silent bob oh sorry i don't think the jane silent bob van when they pick up um it's not a vw i don't think but it is no a van, it's not it's it? an american van but it was the same it's the same crowd they went to it's my chevy van there's a whole song about chevy van too yeah yeah the chevy love they smoke weed in these things and that was the start of the van but you still weren't seeing the it was a great fun social tool and if you were a free spirit you drove those so everyone knows enough about those vans they were slow underpowered uh they were um fun fun or not fun if you are in the first Texas chainsaw massacre that's also definitely a hippie van yeah i wouldn't blame vans for that but i can hear an argument for it they were having fun but then they picked up a guy on the side of the road um well that's why you don't pick up strangers you only pick up waterhouse and cut himself and cut them and it's just terrible start but um, they go fun, huh? yeah, so the evolution of vans, we started with the milk and then we went to the hippies and then now we are moving into the 70s and 80s where the hippies are trickling in. But you're also getting the first new van that shows up. And Joe, you probably have a rough idea of what this van is called, because I think it was your first car. If it is the same, one of the same, it would be called the Dodge Grand Caravan. OK, getting close. Uh, a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> That was the name of my first car, which was a minivan called the Dodge Grand Caravan. That's right. So you're a couple of years ahead, but the generation of the minivan came in. So I thought you were talking about the exact car model. I phrased that a little weird, (laughs) but you've got. Yes, it was a minivan. Minivan. So you've got the the mid 80s. Now, Dodge has come out. I always thought it was weird that they called a minivan, though. It's like, is it mini just because the. the the first front of it is kind of tilted in because it's just as large there's as much almost as much room if it's not like an industrial size one they, they sell vans at the same size as minivans but minivans have like a tilted in oh, oh, oh what do you call it your your windshield 2004 dodge grand caravan that was white is probably bigger than a 1950s ford f100 i can tell you that right now so that's what i mean is, is it really is a correct. minivan just because the nose is tilted or whatever Sorry, I God. have no idea why it's called minivan. Besides, it was someone in the marketing department at Dodge that said, "I don't want to buy a van." This new idea for families where we can 
add seats, um, but not make it a hippie van, but make it a car based yeah, situation, yeah, which the Volkswagen bus was focus. too. You know, like the Volkswagen bus was pretty ahead of its time for, for sure. What it was. But at the time in the Volkswagen bus, there wasn't a lot of families going on around one besides the Partridge family. It was more of like a hippie thing where all at the same time, families would just buy a station wagon and just go 20 kids strong sitting on laps and having the reverse uh, trunk seat uh, that they went out of fashion, you know, like a while ago. But we still got to enjoy it. And I know my family went with the full station wagon, which is the, you know, the predecessor of the minivan. The minivan walked so the I mean, the, the station wagon walked so the minivan could run. In other words, the minivan is the logical evolution of the station wagon. Yeah. It's no, a, if, if the station wagon is, you know, Charmander, you know, the minivan becomes Charmeleon. Yeah. Our viewers will get that. Exactly. I mean, there's no better way to put it, actually, besides the Charmander, Charmeleon thing. Yeah. But um, I don't think anyone knows why it's called minivan. I don't think there's a clue. Um, well, maybe regular. if I had to guess, uh, we talk about we can go right back to Jeff's first uh rape van, his first car. Oh, I, was, I thought we were working our way up to that. Is the you're oh, no, because we're in the Let's 80s, talk about right now, friend. yeah. The we're Crypto in the 80s. Van. chronologically. We are at easy at, on the R word with the van, nine, but it clearly was one late set mid to late 70s, early 80s is absolute prime. Well, and mid to late prime 70s time. through through like almost even present day but yeah really which is also the the prime serial killer golden prime age serial killer rape van and yeah. that was jeff's first car and think about it, i wish i had that it's a good car to have but um it was so, glorious so if you call if you so 1984 chrysler came out with the like caravan and um compared to jeff's rape van you can see why it's called a minivan you know? That one, yeah, the, yeah. The Crypto van was larger. We can call it that from now on. Now that now that's out of the way, just so we don't have to keep saying. That it's called yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. So I, it mean, was, I know you're you're right. That is what look, it is. It's funny. I mean that it is. It is funny. I just don't want to. Hilarious first car because because just for everyone knows. So everyone said that when they first saw it, too. they go, "What is that rape van?" Yeah. So so Jeff Jeff, it was looking back on it, it was cool as fuck, and it was cool at the time. It, it was, was definitely it just just it was set up for a lot of jokes, and that is the way it is. And he it drove it a, around town like it wasn't like the. I mean, he obviously he got it so he could move, you know, yeah. drum sets and speakers. Yeah, yeah. But really, and it, and it wasn't like the you know other van. It it really is not the minivan. It's a van. There's two seats and then empty space to the back, which meant we put a couch in it, and yep. you could sit on the couch while you're driving. Yeah, a green. Couch. I mean, we never did that obviously because that would be illegal, but people but could the, do that. The best part was that it, it it had three windows, the front windshield and then the two doors. And then there were no <laughs> windows at all in the rest of the van. It wasn't even like they're covered up. There's no windows. And it was a uh, it was like a, it was a Ford. It was the like two a, doors in the rear of the van, to be clear. There was you could see at the back only. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It had. And there was only was, one door on the side to get in and out like a classic van. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Nice sliding door. Yeah, but, just like um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like you said, with that with that butcher door, just woof, you hear the you feel the slam of it when it goes with that yeah. iron against iron. Yeah, that was uh, that was cool. You know, it's the day. implication. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Sorry about the one Oh, no worries. But that, that yeah, that van was the best. That'll be always associated with vans in my mind will be number one, the Volkswagen bus, number two my my dodge grand caravan that i had and then number three the crypto van which is just the ultimate van loud as fuck too 
just going on blunt rides around sitting on the couch you know he's nervous as hell which is perfect he has the most the most conspicuous van in hudson he's always nervous about it it's like well shouldn't have the giant white van (laughs) i never saw someone any more scared of cops than he was but he's driving around in the giant white uh you know kind of it was it was it was like that's a hard van to get high in and drive around town and not think you're not going to get pulled over. I mean, it yeah, was like, and yet you got to yeah. do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do, but it was a great van. We, that put in some miles and we did love this van. And right now I could use this van for 5 billion things. Oof, I would love to still have it around, but that's a good car to have around. We sh- I wish that we still had that. It could tow, it could get filled to the powerful. brim with shit, dude. You could move half a house in that thing. And very um, good. Yeah, that was awesome. So, so anyway, Good so man. so that was Jeff's van, aka the Cryptor van, great van, awesome van. Um, but you can see why if you compare it to a you know one of those vans, uh, a minivan is the minivan. So this is the iconic van that most families had. It probably had wood panels, so it's probably blue. Um, they came in all-wheel drive turbo models from Chrysler, which is fucking nuts. With turbo all-wheel drive minivan, manual minivan, and in in europe they came in diesel. but was it was it the uh the old three on the tree no that no, it was on the floor a on the floor. floor yeah yep big hell yeah the floor. Dude. a couple minivans like that in japan you're stick shifting like seat. you're you're walking on sunshine on the promenade with your big cane like you're like the three oh, foot yeah. tall shift i've driven a few cars like that or trucks that have the it's like a pool is like half your size it's so much more fun and you feel like you're nearly i would like to try that out yeah yeah you'd be granted it so so lovely it's good shit so we'll wrap up vans pretty soon but there were some let's wrap it up awesome... now we have a lot more shit to talk about yeah, i'm saying there's some awesome dude some the vans are the shit i mean J- japan uh, the japanese market brought in some fucking dope ass four-wheel drive previas that were supercharged and all sorts of cool things with you know like manuals and now now all these vans like the first gen caravan that we mentioned through these previas and other stuff they're expensive. You can't even get them anymore. They're fucking get a van. Shit. So you can get, cool, they man. have Chevy Suburbans and shit. They just, they just turned the, the van to the SUV with 20 seats and it's not the same. It just ain't. No, no, the van is cool. Not the same at all. And now they're just like absolute luxury, luxury mobiles. They're yeah, they so have the, they have the Mercedes Benz nice. Sprinter vans and stuff that people go on tour with and shit. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. half a million yeah. dollars to buy one of them. Yeah, I drove a Sprinter for a while and I had that job for three months. And, um, <laughs> And, uh, but it was a work Your one. Your job was, was trafficking other human beings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it Stop was installing gig. satellite dishes on top of me and Marcus's, if you're wondering. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But, the, uh, the, the audience is clamoring to know, please. Yeah, please yeah no, I did that for a bit. So um, anyways, Vans, guys. Vans are sick. Right, that's 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 we got to take our first commercial break here. You hear the bell. That means that our time is up for the segment, and we're moving on to the next segment there, folks. So on the spin edition Episode six of Dylan Davis Podcast. We'll see you The Joel and Joe Basement Podcast is brought to you by Gorilla Tape, the stickiest tape in all the land, near and far. It'll stick to your house, it'll stick to your car with a stick so discreet you'll confuse it with concrete. Guaranteed to adhere to anything. The official adhesive and measurement system of the Dylan Joe Basement Podcast. Gorilla Tape. we got to get back into the pod yeah, yeah. Uh, did you see that you must have seen the video of the fucking tesla oh yeah i did of course i did 
I thought of you immediately. I was like, that was one of the most fun things I've seen. Like everyone talked about it immediately because it was one of those like stunning videos. You just, as soon as you think it's going to jump it and it keeps going, you realize it's the point of return and the nose goes down, the tail keeps going up. You're like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a great video. No, it was great. Cause like the best, so like the view that you see, like the first time you see it, you're like, that's nuts. And then the view that shows, you know, imagine that the road is like this and the car is coming yeah. here, like this, and you see how high it's the perfect like arc of oh, you don't want, which is that you're arc. not catching. Yeah, the, it's a terrible angle where it just keeps going. Yeah, but like, the road's so if, way too steep. Like, no, the road is right here and goes like this normally. Yeah, he hits, he gets air right back here. And yeah, like, it's way too early. Point, <laughs> at least six feet above ground, and then once he easily goes the back of the car is just straight. High. Easily. straight up well, <laughs> in the back of the car goes straight like, you're like oh my shit God. and the thing is we've all had these thoughts every time we hit a road like that like there's one by pc creams yeah oh like, yeah the classic there's a one in Groton too the roller coaster road where you're like every time you go if you hit it you sketch it but yeah i mean you know how you know how fucked up it is is that you see the secondary video and you see like nine dudes recording it and none of them make a sound <laughs> like imagine if that was planned everyone would be like oh shit oh but they always go because <laughs> they realize how fucked up it is yeah. how much commitment this silent kid is fucking silent. psycho this kid is a he's going down for as a legend i mean it's like no no there, this was a absolute full, legend full commitment and a tesla Holy too commitment. so even when it, and it's speeding up you can't hear the engine roaring just it nope. just takes yeah. off fully fully fucking committed oh, it's the i love it they did that i feel yeah. bad for the guy who got a subaru total when the guy hit it but and the yeah, police are looking for him and they're gonna find him I mean, oh, if that happened normally, they would still find him. But it's a viral video. It's on the news in Rhode Island. They're like, "Look at this shit." It's like, yeah, yeah. they're gonna find the guy. Oh yeah, he's done. He's over. Like he's not. He's Cooked. fine. But like, he's a legend. And did you know this and detail? Have respect for the rest of his life because of this one thing he did. Mad respect. But did you know the detail that it's a rental? Nope. Didn't know it's that. a rental. <laughs> oh, that is so much better. I'm loving this more and more as this goes. It's a rental car, and it wasn't <laughs> rented under his name. That's why they can't find the guy. They're like. The guy who rented it wasn't driving. It's like, well, then who was? Because you're yeah, responsible. For someone shit. was. And see, so he's not even familiar with Teslas. Teslas. He just knows that they are faster than anything else ever. And yeah, like, it might yeah, be his. We're gonna like, jump this road in California, and this is gonna be sick. And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. it's yeah, it's not even their car. Oh, this just gets better and better. I did. Oh, yeah. I honestly didn't even know that, dude. <laughs> that is just so fucking perfect. glorious i had to bring that up i was like come on dylan's gonna love that shit i know you loved it dude i saw that and i was like this is fucking really the deal so Uh, all right let's get on to our next topic before everyone gets too drunk Um, all right hold on welcome back to the (laughs) welcome back welcome back to the dylan joe basic podcast episode six we're on the spinning wheel of might and we're gonna get through all the topics here or maybe even more one or more of them we don't fucking know i'm gonna share my screen here spin that fucking wheel all right here we are we're on the uh the wheel of light are. here. We're gonna we're gonna eliminate vans. We don't land on it again. Do you uh do you I gotta ask uh I just got a text message from guests. Do you, you need it. a sound uh uh person? Because DJ can make a sound for this. Sure, DJ will we'll take all the help we can get, buddy. All right, DJ, uh you be the sound just because the audio is not working. Um all right, hit uh, hit go and DJ will hook us up. All right, we go, DJ. Oh, wait a minute. You still you still can't hear the sound? It might be on my end. No, I can't hear the sound. There we um, go. That's more like it. And we're going to land on 
manager manager all right joe um, manager we were just telling stories about this earlier <laughs> sure we're manager all right let's try to keep this fucking depressing topic uh short joe where do you uh, <laughs> what do you think of managers you know what i um i think it is a good topic because i have had a lot of terrible ones but i've had a lot of shitty jobs so they kind of go hand in hand i feel like um some of the jobs i've gotten have had great ones and actually it's not really associated with the quality of the job or the style of the work because i've had great managers at shitty jobs and shitty managers at jobs i preferred it's just really about the person and it's really strange like the way that you you run through the gamut of there i usually managers usually like me i find i don't know if it's because i'm a i don't think it's because i'm a kiss ass i don't really like to like like you know blow them up or anything like that i just like to try to just do my thing and then just always do what they say all the time and be like a real like fucking pushover because they seem to like that and as soon as you as things go wrong if you kind of pipe up and show you have a personality and you can joke around with them in the meantime it's fine but i find that if you only kiss ass um which i i, I guess i've just witnessed it i haven't only kissed ass or if you just don't do it at all you go to those two extremes they don't like you People who like kiss ass and don't do anything, they like to have them around, but they will not like a, like you know looking for a promotion or whatever. They want you right where you are, just sitting there right behind them, brown nosing. I can easily say I've had two managers that I think they're really decent people, and both of them, when I quit, have or actually I should say one of them when I quit said like, please give me your information. I'll recommend you to anybody. And that was when I was like working in the hospital in the kitchen. And he's like, you're going to do a lot of good shit, man. Just let me know if, if you know, you're, you, you're much better than this place. I totally get why you're leaving. Here's, you know, my information. Here's my car. Like, let people know. I'll write you a glowing recommendation, whatever. And the other one, they fired him. And, and, it, and, I, and I was like, this guy's a fucking legend. Well, he didn't, they didn't fire him. They basically forced him out. I should say it was at the tavern in the square and they had all this, shit going down and he was basically like you know what this place is such a shithole we're i'm forcing my, we're forcing this guy out because they want to get more people in there they're going to suck up and i'm like this guy's a legend and the whole entire staff there loved him so the day after he left he wasn't technically fired so they couldn't say oh we fired him but he left and then he moved to virginia with his wife and we all loved him and they had a big staff meeting the next day and i remember that they were like you know he, he moved on you know it's understanding differences or whatever and i was the first one to be like no, no, you pushed him out. And the whole staff, or I should say the whole bartending staff and the wait staff was like, it was like, yeah. And everyone started piping up like, you know what? He had the best, you know, handle on this place. And he had the, he had a great sales and he knew how to treat the customers. He knew how to treat it. And everyone was going, it was like a fucking riot. And I knew that in three weeks I was moving to Providence and I was like, let's light the fire. And it was, he's my favorite manager of all time. The guy was cool as shit. And he just was a, he was a nice guy and he didn't, he didn't need it. He's like, my wife makes so much money. I don't even need to be here. I only do this because I like to do it. And this place sucks and they want me gone. So I'm fucking gone. I'm going to Virginia with my wife. And I was like, you know what, dude, managers can be cool. They're absolutely associated with fucking you around. Cause most of them I've had are complete pieces of shit and they're annoying. They're micromanaging. And obviously a lot of them that I've had, they are just people like me who've been elevated position of power. And instead of the handling that responsibly, and appreciating where they come from and working with people at an individual level, they have one little taste of power and then they get nervous about people above them and they just start shitting bricks and shitting on people below them. And it's just complete bullshit. So managers, I think, I don't know, they get a, they get a bad rap because they, they mostly always suck, but there's some good ones in there. I don't know. What I do you think? 
No, nice story, man. I mean, that's really uplifting and, uh, and good for you for being that guy who just says, Hey, you pushed him out. I, um, yeah, I mean, I might've had more to lose if I knew I wasn't moving, but I was like, I was, I was legitimately angry about him leaving because he was the only person I liked. Plus they were trying to lie to us. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just start, I'll start a fire. No, absolutely. I, I respect that. And if I was a manager or above and I saw that there was an employee who was willing to speak their mind these days, that's more valuable than a brown noser or, or someone who's just coming to just get their money and paycheck and leave. Yeah. Uh, means you're invested, you care. I, I would, I'd be super pumped to work with you or see someone do that for somebody else who was good because everybody, no one's stupid. So absolutely. Um, and dude, I good think- managers, you like, I, I like a good coach or a good teacher. Yeah. They might kick your ass, but if they, they make you want to perform better for them because they, you respect them and like them, that's yeah. what the good manager is. I didn't want that to let that guy down because I respected him and I liked him. Yeah. But if someone just says you need to do X, Y, Z every day and they, they're a pain in my ass, I don't respect you. I don't like you. I don't want to work well for you. But if you do the opposite of that, you're going to find me working my ass off extra just because of who you are. And then when, even when you're gone, I'm still singing your praises. I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but you, just, you, you treat people with respect, you're likable, they're going to want to try harder for you, whether you're yeah. a teacher or a boss or whatever the fuck you are. No, I'd say, and I've found that, um, you know, in my profession, you've got that, and then you've got people who make their uh, subordinates scared, and they perform well till they, till they break. And then right. it doesn't, it's not sustainable, you get high turnover, and whatever you it is, you can have... You can work and in the meantime, the they can't stand you and they're seething against you. They fucking hate you. Yeah, exactly. So like there's it's it's a it's a fine line to walk to be a good manager. And um, I think the the one thing that you uh, didn't mention about why managers like you so much is because you introduced them to the fabulous game, much like spin the wheel called Ookie Gookie Cookie. Um, <laughs> do you want to tell everyone what that is? <laughs> I, I, sure I, I I do know that um, you were responsible <laughs> for training an intern uh, relatively recently, and his right. one, this is right. <laughs> thank you, thank this you. This kid was as an intern um, was that uh, Joe taught him the way around the company as well as more importantly what Okie Gookie Cookie is. All right, all right. Here we go. So um, this must have been uh, four years ago now. I felt like it was just yesterday, but you know how COVID Probably happened. last week, he's just trying to cover himself. Two years. He has to run for president. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell the story. It's, it's well worth the story. So so obviously I've heard of this game. I've never played it. And I would tell you if I had, folks, but I've never played it because it's an insane game. It's, it's something that it's more of an idea than a real thing. I'm sure people have really played it, but it's not real. Uh, so we had it was me and two other gentlemen that i work with that are mostly like okie cookie cookie was being played when you're with two other gentlemen yeah yeah we, we would play it on <laughs> you know on lunch breaks and stuff like that no no so i work with two other guys that are my age and we're equally as immature and uh professional so not very for one very much for the other and um so we had an intern come in and it, it's always a kid who's like way more ambitious than we are because they're like trying to intern at like a professional, like fortune 1000 company and whatever. And the earlier you get in, they usually get like 10, 12 interns at FM global every, every year. Or they used to, we'll probably never do it again after this. No, I'm just kidding. But, and then people would go into like, you know, we'd work in analytics and um, you know, sales and marketing. And then this poor motherfucker who was basically wants to become a p- computer programmer 
got stuck in the conference center, which they probably told him, yeah, you know, you work with the audio visual equipment, you work with da, da, da. It's not that at all. It's not the gig. It's what it is sometimes, but really most of it is not that. And this kid had never worked a day in his life. He All he did, and then was Ethan Tanabe. And the other two guys called him Tanabe because they refused to pronounce Japanese names the right way. And I was like, ah, I'll call him the right name. But he was this little tiny uh, Japanese American kid who, I mean, he was tiny compared to me. Like I could have like thrown him around the room like a rag doll. And he was like 17 years old, little, little guy. And he just had really poor social skills. He wasn't like mean or anything like that, but he just was, you, you could you had to drag words out of him. For example, one of the days we were just bored uh, cleaning up the break room. And I, and I was like, what's your, what's your favorite food? I usually just ask him questions like that. Like, what's your favorite, whatever. Like, what's your favorite TV show? What's your favorite food? And he said, uh, what's your favorite food? And he goes, celery. And I go, what the fuck, man? I mean, you try a little bit. I mean, he's at least like anything, anything. I don't know what the hell he is now, but he's boring the hell out of somebody somewhere. And one of the days we were on our board and we go like, we go like, yo, you ever played Okie Gookie Cookie? And he goes, what's that? And I was like, oh, um, Alex's dad taught him that. And Alex was like, dude, no, shut the hell up. I go, no, yeah, his dad used to teach him when he was a kid. And I, and I like nodding at him and he's like, I'm like, you know, okay, buy in. And he goes, well, what is it? And I go, well, um, what you do is you take a couple of the fellows around and you put a, a cookie in the middle of the room. You get in a circle with the cookie in the middle and you each whip your dicks out and you start jerking off. And whoever finishes first, you finish on the cookie. Second on the cookie. If you're the last person to finish or not at all, I'd imagine at that point, you have to eat the entire cookie because you couldn't finish fast enough. And that's called Okie Gookie Cookie. And that's what Alex's dad taught him when he was a child. And he, he brought it on to us. And the kid's like, that's not real. And I go, yeah, it is. Alex, your dad taught you. And he was like, <laughs> he's like yeah, yeah, my dad taught me. Like, he's so bought him. I'm like, just tell him. That's right. That's right. He goes, no, no way. And I go, I go, yeah. And actually made him laugh for like the first time. And then the whole month he was there. Couldn't make him laugh at all. So on his last day, they give him his intern briefing. And again, this kid has got zero social skills at all. And, he, and he's sitting down and all of us around the table sitting with him, looking at him. And you're asking, oh, how was your time this summer, Ethan? You know, my boss, Linda, she's a little bit older than us. And he's like, how was it? You know, and, and she's the kind of person like you really can't joke around with that much because she like gets like really like defensive about stuff. She's she's not really that much fun. She's a good, really good worker, not fun. And she brings up the last question. What was the what was the thing that like the, the best thing you learned this summer? And he goes, uh, I learned Okie Gookie Cookie. And the three of us lost it because he hadn't said anything funny the entire fucking summer. And he said the funniest answer he could have said to the boss that was not willing to hear it. And she goes, what's that? And we all look at him. We're like, no, no, no. Do not tell her. Do not tell her that. Do not tell it. And he's like, um, you know, it's a game. They taught me. <laughs> it's awesome. So she looked over at us and she was like, what is it? Joe, what is it? Tell me. Tell me. And I go, I'll tell you later, Linda. And that was that. Managers, they're quite a thing. They're quite a thing. I don't have a whole lot of insight. Very much looking forward to spin the wheel again. I have <laughs> been a manager. I have been managed. I have mostly have had good managers. Yeah. And um and uh as one, I have I am ex probably exactly what you imagine it to be. I am really pretty hands-off. I'm a firm believer in if you hire or bring, I think on you'd be like, a great manager to have if I was a young lad. 
Thanks, man. Um, if you hire or bring on the right people, you do a whole big chunk of the work that you wouldn't have to do that you would have to do if they weren't. And I'm not saying people who are pain in the ass or who are whatever it is. Ethically, if you find good people, I don't care if they're fucking fucked up or whatever it is. Yeah. As long as, as, long as you can trust them and you know that they're going to do, um, do their shit um, and they're funny and you're able to talk to them and they're honest and whatever, it does bring a big piece. And I had someone one time who did work under me who liked me but didn't really like anybody else and and it was still fine if you are able to be someone who's universally respected by all of the groups especially when you work in warehouses like i have yes um, for sure yeah that demands um, you gotta be able to, sure. you gotta be able to play the game all around like you cannot be for like, sure you're not one of them you gotta be one of everybody you, you can't to, be above be, it you can't be above be it all the sea level as well as with the the bottom line and it definitely helps to be to always have experience from starting from the bottom up which i yeah. have if you so, can't do the job you're bossing around no one's gonna fucking listen to you nope yeah exactly so um the All one right, thing that I did learn, hang on the one thing i did learn is that um uh hang on joe jesus i won't spin it yet. i won't spin it yet holy fuck so i thought um, I, I, that was my bad you said let's get to the wheel i was like all right let's go and then, i want to get the wheel up i want to get the wheel tell up. your whole manager story. story i'm all ears i'm all ears. so i'm um, mistaken so uh, one thing that I've struggled with is that um, I want to be friends with, I, I enjoy, I, I'm interested in everybody for the most part. Um, yeah. So I have uh, gotten myself in a little bit of trouble where I have had to cover for some of the people who work for me because we were friends, we we're similar in age and whatever it is, and then they right. can fuck up. And then there's a little bit of a, uh, it can cause issues, which I, you know, that was almost 10 years ago when this happened, but yeah, um, that's but, why I uh, hate being above people. Even just the interns that come in, I, I hate telling them what to do. I'm like, I'm like, I guess you could do that if you want to, instead of being like, do that. Cause I just hate bossing people around and I just like being friends with people more. Yeah. I know that's I part of a hard time with is I like to explain why they have to do something because I am mm. a firm, firm believer in, um, I do not at all ever like taking orders from people who tell me to do something that I don't really believe in and don't right. understand why I have to do it. So I might say something to somebody, they don't really get the bigger picture. <clears throat> so if I say, Hey, you have to do this and you know, it, but here's why this is a bigger picture thing. It's not like you need to meet a quota because you get to meet yeah. a quota for the You're sake given of a quota. reason for what you got doing. a, you got, there's a reason for that. So I, res I hope you respect us, your company, your job, yourself enough to make sure you, hold that to yourself. And if you can't just give me a heads up, that's it. You know, that's, so that's it. Fair. So let's just spin this fucking wheel. All right, boys. Uh, DJ wants to see this wheel being spun. Let's All right, go. DJ, give it a spin, buddy. DJ, give it a spin, man. Hit the button. Clever, like a Fox. Clever. We landed on. What's clever mean to you? hoping to be shame um it might be shame next time right between shame and nightmare shame is funny stuff um clever we don't have to go long on any of them if we don't have a lot to say we can just pop into it but clever i know a, clever clever I, is a word i don't like to see in music and okay, that's yeah. all i know is a lot of, a lot of musicians out there pound it boys uh, and girls um sometimes when i say hey i really like uh I like Killswitch Engage, for example, one of my favorite bands. They go, oh, yeah, they're a guitarist, uh, so-and-so. He's really, uh, the way he writes music is very clever. I'm like, 
whoa, 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 slow down a second. Look, I get it, but Clever is like a guy who, you know, is in a prison cell who is given very little things to get out and find his way out or, you know, worm his way out of a situation or whatever it is. Clever, I just think I'm I'm just not musically inclined enough mm-hmm. to really get that term, but it's it's just it's strictly a pet peeve. It is has no really. Basis. I, yeah. I, I have a complete opposite association with the word as you do. That's, that's no, no, very no, no, no. Clever in music is a pet peeve, but clever as a word for what it is is fine. I'm I think when clever is used in music, it's a pet peeve for me. It's like when people okay. say something, but like. As far as being clever goes, it's a absolutely beautiful quality to have in a human. I mean, it's a yeah. I think I think it's awesome. I think cleverness yeah. is is amazing. I, I love people who are clever. I love when things are clever. Like obviously, it has this kind of backwards mentality. That's why I put this image of the fox right there, like clever, like a fox. Like it yeah. kind of has this like wily nature. Where you're kind of pulling the wool over someone's eyes and things like that. But it's not necessarily negative. It, it means like you have this inherent sense of like looking around the corner like trying to be trying to think from a to c instead of a to b like you're like oh yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna go with the natural mentality i'm gonna try to like work around or um it's not necessarily screwing people over it's more like being um you know brilliant like you're you're, you're becoming like smarter or thinking alongside things and i think the people who are clever they just they tickle me silly i fucking love clever people and clever things i, I like do it. too because it huge... also has that anti-authority uh, kind of a, a connotation in my mind where I'm like, oh, this guy's clever. Like people who are in supreme positions of power, they're clever to get there, but they don't have to act clever to be in it. You, you, you know, look at those managers, you rule the iron fist. That's, that's no clever at that at all. It's just that you do this, one, two, three, A, B, C, ba, ba, ba. Not clever at all. It's, it's the opposite of clever. It's fucking mundane and it's straightforward and it's annoying. And I fucking love clever. It's tricky. Yeah. It's smart. It makes me laugh. It makes me smile. I, I like when things are clever. Yeah. Nope. Clever is a clever is a strict positive. Even in music, it just. I just wanted to th- go my, with my first thought. I love um, that. You go first thought. I like that. First yeah. thought. First thought. I don't like when people say it about music. That's all. But clever as a as someone who's a person, it's almost like they can play by the rules mm-hmm. and then also get ahead of the game somehow with some way that no one else thought of because they th- are smart and thought about it. Yeah. I, I like. I like clever. It plans i like clever jokes clever jokes are some of my favorite oh, clever you might not laugh as super hard as like if someone like rips ass in movie theater like that's a good hearty gut laugh but the yeah. clever joke I'll, I'll give me one second and i'll shake my head and i'll be like that was fucking clever you got I, any I, clever I, jokes for us right now i mean i know it's hard on, on oh improv, i know but... i wish i did i really don't have any loaded up yeah. right now i should well, like my whale my whale one's kind of clever isn't it oh okay so i do i do have one that it's a little yeah. bit a little we bit clever Okay, yeah. I remember it because just because I heard it last week, and uh, you say it in a room of people. I told it to Dominic, and and he was clever, and he didn't even wait for the answer. He just laughed after I had the setup, which means you're pretty clever to get it. Yeah, and you go like this. You look around at people, and you go, "I have something to say." Someone in this room has been possessed by an owl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're clever too. You don't have to, you don't have to wait for the answer. You know, the people who aren't so clever might say something like who, who is, and then you go, "Uh -uh, see, told you. Yeah. I'm talking about like, well, it's another one. Like that's clever to me because you're a step beyond the answer and you're clever for laughing, but you don't have to give the answer. You just go, Oh, I see where this is going. I'm clever. Or like to think I am. No, I I do like that. Another, another good one would be like a more modern day joke, just because most people, read 
instead of listener watch and a lot of reasons because they're on instagram or something right. and it's a picture it's a picture of like a dude being funny like he's just got a good smirk in his face and it's like just two dudes with small penises looking at each other and then you go there's only one guy there <laughs> but you're oh, looking wait. at like oh shit it's me because <laughs> you're looking at the other person <laughs> yeah it's clever yeah, i like that good. shit that's a good that's a real clever joke it's almost right. it's almost like farting but not it's a little more clever than that it's so, more anyways, far, like, let's, let's let's have dj spin this fucking wheel let's clever doesn't mean the it. most funny but I, I do like a good clever dj you ready to spin the wheel for us he's ready yeah right, let's go dj dj here we go man Naughty. naughty naughty dj what do you think of that man as a Ooh, that's naughty as a arguably the only virgin in this room <laughs> it's, i mean i don't know what he was up to before you picked him up i found him on the side of the road he is uh i mean usually I, hitchhikers aren't virgins in my experience but i mean what do i know yeah that is true that is very true so naughty um I don't know to say, but my initial thought is that its connotation is going to completely changed in the modern day. That's all. When, I was when say, Santa that's says you're thought. on the naughty list, that's the only version of saying naughty you're allowed to talk to kids about today. Naughty yeah. is completely associated with sexual proclivities now. Like you're being naughty, you're being kinky. Like, yeah. oh, that's that's quite naughty. It's it's like it's a sensual, like weird word in that way. Where you should just be like you're being you know disrespectful or bad like don't be naughty be nice but now oh, if you're yeah. being naughty if someone's like i'm naughty i'd be like oh you like to like you know not call people back and like you like to steal like i'd be like no if you're naughty you'd be like good to get down weirdly yeah. i'd say the ratio of my grandma calling me naughty versus uh, <laughs> uh a, a uh someone uh i'm in bed with is about uh at least it's a good one to one realistically <laughs> realistically Somewhere around eighty five hundred to twenty five thousand to one. So <laughs> that, that's the weird thing my, about it. I don't associate that word with that. Call but. me naughty because I'm, you know, taking cookies from the cookie jar. Yeah, versus, yeah cookies from the cookie jar. Don't be naughty. Yeah, but yeah, but now you're naughty. This is what your imagination of me could think I could say in the bedroom. So uh, <laughs> usually my grandma's been saying that. So I'm a little turned off uh, right. by the whole concept. But I'm also down. So, anyways, um, I could um, I couldn't skip past the word though. I'm like it has it's such a loaded word, but it's such a weird connotation. It has two different meanings completely. Yeah, I mean, it always means forget. not good, but sometimes it means really good. Except for um specifically in um crash bandicoot their uh producer or naughty dog naughty dog such a good game dude i want to play that right now yeah and they're still around they make uncharted now do they really uncharted was so good crash bandicoot that's, that's naughty dog game. yeah absolutely incredible and i might good play studio. that when we're done this podcast somehow through switch or something um it's actually it's probably an xbox. xbox yeah yeah oh dude that would be fun man that was good so um all right so uh i think um i think dj says it's time for another another round of um spin the wheel spin the wheel all right let me share my screen again you ever played spin the bottle before with girls oh yeah it's quite naughty that was the yeah. first time i ever kissed a girl it was i kissed megan barker and spin the bottle and it was weird as fuck i don't wow. count as my first kiss because it was forced yeah 
yeah yeah we were both kind of nerdy and they're like oh you guys get a kiss and i was like oh poor both of us all right i i i appreciate your uh honestly nerdy my friend um well i I wasn't getting down with the other chicks like all the other guys at the party where all the all the fucking cool kids were spinning it around together and i was like oh i hope i don't get joe god was this that was this like all right uh, megan got joe it's not so bad was this at lauren c's basement party in sixth seventh grade it's got it it's got it yeah it's around that time so it's probably it probably was because i I had a confession from someone uh recently about i was their first kiss and i didn't know that which i definitely was for a couple of them i could tell but really should i not have said her name i shouldn't i probably shouldn't have said her full name i'm trying to keep names out of it just because so everyone's uh, on the same page but um sorry megan i think megan uh oh yeah oh she's she's with doug she is yeah so good for them absolutely perfect i mean is that one of the couples that you're just like what a couple sweethearts i'm so glad they're both together like i have nothing bad to say about either of them oh yeah i'm all about that i I, want to give them money when they get married um type of support type of support and i don't support a lot of couples actually believe it or not um well usually you can be like yeah i I like them together but one of them i much prefer as a person or as like a hang but they're both really fucking cool and they just didn't even hang out in high school really that much and now they're dating for a while i just i just it's here's the thing like i i honestly think like like i just i wish the best for everybody um i just think nine out of ten people i find out are getting engaged or dating i cringe i'm like oh shit that's not good like (laughs) and there those two are are the one out of ten exception where i go oh yeah you're like yes great fully supportive of this i agree um, more i couldn't then, agree more. but most people i go this is not a good idea um you guys are gonna uh, go through 15 years of your life before you figure this out um but uh you know it is what it is hopefully um, the cops won't be involved by the end but you know the world's a funny not. place i mean most dj bp will you give us a spin there buddy dj give us a spin my boy he's giving us a spin thanks dj man nice pick man um nice one so nightmare um uh, i've had a lot of nightmares uh don't like them um i'm not a fan someone... yeah no i uh no one is really right no I've i mean had, inherently uh... having a nightmare i mean even if you like watching scary things no one likes being stuck in one without realizing that it's not real it's terrifying Yes, yeah, it's like the most is... horrifying scary movie of all time. Your brain makes it to yourself to scare you the most of anything. Nightmares yeah. are the scariest thing you ever witnessed because it's tailor made for you. Yeah, and it's pretty real at the time. Of course um, it is. It's I... the most real. So when I was a kid, um, watching scary things would give me nightmares. Now it doesn't at all. Like my nightmares are a lot more chemical feeling and random. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I've been binge drinking for like four days straight, probably mm-hmm. get a nightmare um so i can predict that but uh as you get older they definitely do not get as scary i know that so they get more like traumatic sometimes but overall you forget them i have learned so one thing as someone who's a vivid dreamer i remember almost every dream i've really ever had if you wake up it's a gift and a curse if you wake so there's this there's a solution for those of you out there who maybe struggle with nightmares because it's very common as someone who has sleep paralysis and other things um i get it uh, if you wake up and then say something really, 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 really fucked up happens in your nightmare, mm-hmm. if you obsess and think about it, you'll remember it probably for a week, maybe for a year if you really are unlucky. But if you wake up and force yourself to change your thought pattern, think about something else and move your eyes side to side like this, 
Um, and then just start your day and don't think about it. You'll probably forget it. I mean, that's why people most forget most dreams. I mean, it's, it's yeah. so vivid, but it's almost like your brain like has like a switch where it wants to teach you a lesson. But as soon as you wake up, it's not treated as vividly as a real event. Because if I remembered all my nightmares as if they happen in reality, I wouldn't forget any of them. I've had much like nicer things happening in my life that in my head, they're terrible. And I remember them forever. But the nightmares that have been awful, you know, you forget most of them. Yeah, I do remember some of them, though. Some of them do stick. Well, if you're a person who's kind of addicted, so say you're someone who's addicted to like the news and the news means just car accidents, war, fucking plague, this other thing, you're, yeah. you kind of get addicted to the rush of like bad news, death, destruction, whatever it is, is addicting. It really yeah. is. Um, it's addicting and it's exciting. And no one says that yes. word because that's because exciting does not mean positive or negative. It just means that it excites, it excites you. Yeah. But they, people associate with being positive. So they're, they're hesitant to say that the news is exciting. It's, but it it's is. excited to say that a car accident, war is exciting. Tragedies with, are exciting. With people, tra- exactly, they are exciting, and that's not a. And they're terrible. It does not mean that that is like, oh, it's so exciting. It's like, no, no, it's exciting for your brain because it doesn't. It's addicted to some something about it, um, and if you don't realize you're one of these people, which most people are until they figure it out. Um, you realize that you're addicted to bad news and that type of stuff and nothing else has meaning like, Hey, Joe, mm-hmm. how's it going? Oh, uh, actually it's going shitty. I, uh, you know, blah, blah, all these things happen to me, you know, like everybody yeah. on earth could say that some people don't, some people do. Yeah. Um, because sometimes the most exciting thing in your life that happens is, uh, you know, doesn't happen to you unexpected death that happened when you're younger or something like that. And then you set your course off there and you don't, you don't, some people, you don't realize that. So every update you have, that's the most exciting thing that happened to you. So nothing will, so just going to the movies with a friend and having a good day is like, uh, you don't think about it, you know, cause it's like normal because nothing's as exciting as like a sh- waking up to a shitty fucking terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying about, uh, that nightmares. Um, I if agree. you do not think well, about your just, just a quick tag on what you just said, though, beyond nightmares that I do, I, I realized this week that I, I mean, everyone knows this already, but just putting into words is that like the negative news cycle and like just hearing exciting, terrible things like here, like following the Ukrainian war and all Ukrainian. that shit. It's like, it is a drug. It's a drug that people yes. use. Like people who are sober use that as a drug and people who aren't sober use it as a drug. They, they go, they just watch it over and over again, all the bad news. They freak out about politics, about current events. And you get that that spike of excitement. And like you said, it's not positive, but it is exciting. And it gets your body going. It gets your brain going. You get you get angry. You get panicked. You get worried. And then you come down. And you come down. You go to bed. And people, you know, they, they crave that. And I, I see myself doing sometimes, you all, like, watch videos on Reddit for, like, a half an hour. It's just people, like, getting in arguments or whatever, like, fighting and, like, a McDonald's. Yeah. And it's entertaining and it's exciting, but it's fucking negative. And after I'm done watching, so, I go, oh, I feel like I'm sick because it's, like, yeah. doing in a drug where the come down is so hard. And I think a lot of uh, people, at least I can speak from the American perspective, that people just get addicted to, like, tur- go home, turn on the news. You think you're, like, relaxing and seeing current events, but really you're, you're just watching, like, anger fear tragedy just being injected into your brain and you think you'd be turned off by that but people are turned on by it because it's exciting and yeah. it's fucking bad for you though it makes you well, feel like the, shit the problem is we're designed for that so like yeah it, it so like it it hits upon one of our primitive reactions to things and that's danger mm-hmm. so 
you're uh, built see... to respond to it. So if you if you respond, you like you're like you're like a like a you know butterfly flying by or little posy falling over, then your body can't train yourself and survive better. So it's good that we're built to be excited by danger. But the thing is, it's fucking tragic. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, exactly. So I'll wrap this up real quick. But like, um, but uh, you know, like seeing Ukraine that type of stuff, our primitive brain doesn't understand. We're watching a TV and seeing a you know, a tank getting blown up and not be, you were, it's addicting. Um, You're separated but, from the reality of it to, to yeah, some degree. Exactly. And then like, um, the reality is, is that nothing on this earth has ever happened that has immediately really affected you or me, especially the news, even Ukraine, even 9-11, even these things, like we were lucky enough to not be a part of these things. But yeah. overall, if you just didn't have a TV or a phone, we wouldn't be having these conversations. You know, like right. you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know, maybe gas prices go up and you have to read about it or whatever it is, but like, you just wouldn't know. And like a best example is like, I'm just trying to get through the show Ozark and I'm so sick of it because all it does is, is nail down this. It, 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 and that's a perfect you example. You stop watching and it's, it's so exciting, but it's so depressing. It's so depressing. Holy shit. And terrifying. I'm like, oh my God, I'm having, my heart rate's increasing every time I watch the show. Oh, so wait till you see the on. last episode of, of this Rose recent season. It is a definition of exciting and depressing. I can't even imagine. I don't even know. I just know that Helen just got her head blown off like four episodes ago. And like, um, it's just fucking nuts. So anyways, let's DJ. DJ is going to hit up the fucking wheel. Nightmares suck. Do not pay attention to them. If you do, the reason <laughs> I said everything I just said is because if you wake up and you're one of those people, you want to focus on your fucked up dream. Just do yourself a favor and ignore it immediately and focus on fucking your dick or something. Like Yeah, it's else. true. You can try to train yourself to realize that it's not train as, yourself as scary. Train yourself to yeah. not think about it the second you wake up and yeah. you will forget it because it's usually traumatizing. It, it, it is. your job as well. If you just, if I just had a dream that I cut Joe's fucking leg off, and Joe's screaming and cuts my fucking dick off. And then we have this whole big argument that can happen in dreams and it's yep. traumatizing. Don't think about it. You will not remember it. Yeah. I think that the dreams are meant to train you for realities, but not to meant to stick with you like real things. Yeah. Dreams are weird. So anyways, uh, DJ pull up the fucking uh, bullshit. Here we go. Yo, man. DJ. That's DJ, my DJ. Yeah, we're going to eliminate nightmares. All right. DJ is going to give us a spin. Ready, DJ? DJ, spit it up, boy. Plasma. Plasma. <laughs> I told uh, you this shit's random. <laughs> yeah, so plasma's weird. Um, the only thing I can say is I wish I had a lighter right now. Um, because every time you get high or are sober and light a match or a lighter and you just stare like this you just stare at the flame and try to understand what this is that just existed out of literally nowhere yeah um, you can understand how strange plasma is because fire is plasma and it's just right here. like all of a sudden you have a match and a you know the red stuff whatever you call that and you light it and phosphorus. then you just have a phosphorus yeah then you, i thought the phosphorus was the tip and then the red was a i don't know you yeah you, you have the tip is red though am i wrong about that the tip is red. Um, 
That's you just light a match and you just stare at it closely and just watch it and you there's no way you can be not amazed by that that's off tail plus it is amazing it's like an unnatural thing i mean most animals on the planet even the animal planet that we're from here they never experience plasma really if you see a lightning strike or a fire that's the only kind of thing you mean close to that that you're going to see but it's i remember asking um mrs gorman our sixth grade science teacher about that and being like what is plasma and they never want to explain it to kids they're like well first of all now i realize that i'm older they don't fucking know either i used yeah. to think they knew but they're like ah it's too hard to explain but they didn't fucking know either but it is the it's the fourth state of matter it's strange as hell and it's it's not yeah, a solid us. liquid or a gas it's basically excited electrons that are so fucking excited you can't even control them in a, in a bottle in a fucking cup in your car but it's amazing. It's just basically this amorphous, energized thing that exists. And whether it's in the surface or the core of a star or it's in your lighter, it's like it, it we just have a word for it. It means like energized craziness because gas isn't plasma, but plasma is a swirling, waving state of energy and weirdness. And uh, it's in your TVs, it used to be, but that's not really plasma. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Liquid but plasma. It's, just, it's uh, very odd, and your lighter is plasma, and um, it's super energetic and you know powerful and deadly and shit. If it, if they actually do invent the real plasma ray, you better watch out. Yeah, anything. Because all it is low. is directing all the energy of electrons into one focused thing, and it'll destroy anything. Yeah, anything from Halo um, would be pretty plasma. wild, man. Pretty wild. So. All right, DJ, uh, that's plasma, my friend. Um, me or Joe don't really know what it is, and neither is Mrs. Gorman, so um, give us a ring. Here we go. Back to the wheel. DJ BP, give it a spin. Gallop. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, what kind of topic is gallop? All right. Um, uh uh so he just said i put the wheel up that's gallop DJ, uh nice nice pick my friend um uh dj can't gallop he has wheels you can't see them but he's got wheels he can mm, go interesting yeah galloping might be the fastest way you can travel without wheels are you, do we think so uh do on uh, land i should say uh do cheetahs gallop or do they run i, I guess do. they call that sprinting though don't they they do so um dj do i have our dj can go uh probably 120 being towed oh on his own will i forgot about his uh internal engine no no dj i didn't say how dj can go 120 miles an hour but right now he, right now him and i could go 120 for sure. all right all right i hear that so it's possible um but galloping is yeah horses gallop well let's get right, let's get right to it on that fact you ever rode a horse before no have you no oh yeah i have but i've only galloped on a horse for like a very small period of time and it's fucking terrifying wait what do you mean like where let us see like where did you gallop only at the end of your time at Pompasidicate Farm when you're riding on a horse do they even let you do that because they, they, they have to train you how to be on a horse walking and being comfortable. 
and then trotting, which is terrifying because it's like horse jogging where it's like dun, 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 going up and down the whole time. And then galloping, you're completely at the mercy of the horse. And especially if you're a kid, you have no reason to, it's basically telling a horse, go, <laughs> go the way you want to go yeah. fast and I'll try to stop you. And they will not. So they don't let the kids do it until the very end. And they let it do it for like 10 seconds. And, they go, and then, then people go up and they go, whoa, whoa. And they slow the horse down. I've never galloped on a horse open land just you and the horse just galloping i can't imagine how thrilling that would be and how exciting as we said earlier not necessarily always positive but the excitement of being on the back of a horse just going full speed as fast as you can just galloping in i mean we're talking about like 40 miles an hour on the back of this thing and, it, and you're just up and down charging in this muscle mass just going i mean the freedom involved i mean it's really it's like the depiction of freedom before cars the image of freedom was being on the back of a horse and just going into the distance as fast as it can go. Is there anything more free than watching a wild horse run into, into the fucking horizon? It's galloping off. It's fucking so awesome. Two, two things I picked up on this is that the last time you galloped on a horse, it was Brokeback Mountain style and you were with another dude or a girl. And then on the No, back- no, I, I was on the horse by myself, but there was multiple people that were like talking to the horse off the horse. Being like, hey, whoa, cinnamon biscuits or whatever, you know, because they don't trust it to be biscuits. If it was, they wouldn't just be like, hey, kid, go, go ahead and tell it to stop it. Cause then it just, it's a lawsuit, you know? Yeah. No, totally. So as someone who has raced cars for their early 20s, um, avid mountain biker, avid cyclist, all the things like that, the last boss for me is horseback riding. And I'm very interested because of what you said is that. It's the ultimate of primitive American and other places way to Yeah, travel. worldwide, really. I mean, as soon as they establish horses in their culture, like just the freedom of being able to go faster than any man ever would. And you're and it's it's a living thing. So it's choosing to go step, 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 yeah. just go, go, go. And kick you right off. I mean, so you, I you should that... talk to Amanda about it. I mean, Amanda's galloped a million times, and I can't imagine the feeling of like letting it loose like in having full control or at least partial control of the animal to just get 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 loose just let it let it rip turn the governor off and there you go gallop shout out to uh amanda you're really cool we love you over here at the djbp she's coming home soon she's supposed to be coming home at the end of may so it'll be good to have her back in massachusetts if she wants to be a guest uh tell her to watch this episode and we'll see what happens um yeah i'll cut the clip out for her but uh, i can't imagine getting her on here without so, dragging her in kidnapping her but we'll see whatever we're gonna do man it's fine so um so anyways um horses galloping here's my thoughts is that 200 years ago besides the renaissance era that happens a couple you know years before it Um, Mm -hmm. is that I'm not sure unless you live in a city, you had as many existential crises that folks have today in the modern day world because they were so connected to reality. We are so separated from the living world through screens and bullshit, whatever it is. Back then you were connected. Your job is to ride this horse and to have a connection with this horse emotionally. Your life depends on it. And it's life depends on Emotionally. Your life depends on it. You could be fighting wars in this. You could be just doing farming things. You do whatever it is. And then people, our ancestors spent their entire lives connected to the earth, to the horses, to animals, to these things. Everything had more meaning and purpose. I mean, it was like, right. they didn't have to overthink shit because they have everything. There's it no was, time was to. You have to. A can't slight struggle things. 
but you also are connected to everything. So galloping sounds fucking like a gigantic orgasm to me, and I'm so into it. And I think all the horse girls of America can tell you it's exactly the same as that. All right, DJ BP. We fucking nailed it. So on that note, uh, (laughs) DJ is going to bring us back to uh, orgasm land uh, from galloping and let us know what's up. So where are we going, DJ? Hit the button, man. I think we're going to take a commercial break after this next one, if that's okay with you, Dylan. That's okay with me. DJ, are you ready? DJ's ready. Our next word is... Oh. Hoodwink. 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 I have absolutely no idea what that means. All right, so I'll tell you what that word means to me, and maybe we can kind of spitball off of that. So hoodwink, my rough definition would be to trick, to deceive, and kind of, I guess, clever, what we used earlier, clever way. If you're hoodwinking somebody, you're doing the thing, you're pulling the wool over their eyes, you're tricking them. To hoodwink somebody is to be like, uh, oh, I'd say that um, D.B. Cooper did a good good old hoodwink to, to the folks there. Like, obviously, it was a hostage situation, but he didn't use force and he didn't use violence or he didn't use um, power. He used trickery in order to kind of establish his goal here, like to hoodwink somebody. Give him the old slip. Trick him. Yeah. All right. Um, Have you had any good hoodwinks in your life, Dylan? Any good tricks you pulled? Oh yeah, I could name about probably ten relationships I've had that I was hoodwinked in. <laughs> in the old hoodwink, the old opposite sex, either me or them, or hoodwinking each other, and I'd say that sums up about my life. Um, uh, <laughs> That's what people are uh, tuning in for, man. The real stories. The real stories. Uh, one day they will all come out, but. Um, yeah, uh, the only common denominator in the hoodwinking relationship story is me. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know their full history. They could have hoodwinked a lot of people too. Uh, I'll give yeah, you some credit. There. Uh, 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 what do you call like multiple tens of people? So, say we're talking like 40 people, four score of humans. Four score of humans. The only common denominator I know of the hoodwinking being hoodwinked is me. Um, so, um, that says something. Um, yeah. And then besides that, uh, have I been hoodwinked? I've been fucked over by like uh, a kid on a train one time when I was four. Um, yeah, so that that's the, the the slight difference between fucked over and hoodwinked. Fucked over can be open and like just brutal, but hoodwinked, you usually only figure it out after it's already happened. Like you don't yeah, know. Yeah. So happening. what he did is it, this is what happened. He set up this game. So I was on a train, uh, sleeper train to Florida when I was five, four years old, four or five years old. Yeah. And, um, lovely kid comes over wants to play a game i said cool games are cool let's play games so he told me to get all my mom's pennies and dad's pennies so i he had some pennies i brought like you know like a hundred pennies that we got from all sorts of places in the train we're playing this game uh, that's on the almost train. an american dollar by my count uh yeah but it's like a lot of pennies though so, about a hundred yeah so it's a lot of pennies that so makes a lot of game. sense to me we, he's he's got this new game he wants to show me so we play this game and he uh said here's the game put your pennies over here and then you get this i get that and then i lost immediately he took all the pennies and left <laughs> you were hoodwinked you were I certainly hoodwinked so in that bad situation. he took all the pennies i told my mom and dad i was like hey this kid took all the pennies in this game he just invented but the the, the game was i give him my pennies and he leaves 
Oh, well, that's not hoodwinked. That's just a, that's just a kid way of stealing money. But he, he still did hoodwink you, though. Hoodwinked. He did hoodwink you, though, because you fell for a trick that you were not, uh, not ready for. He told for. me he had a fun game to play. I just had to gather all the money I had and put it on the table. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun game. I mean, you play this cool game. And I was like, yeah, sounds good to me, man. I'm down. And um, and then he just literally just put it in his bag and left. And I was like, <laughs> that's, that's fucking brutal. Like, yo, dude, this game's real sick, dude. Uh, how'd you learn? Like, this is a cool game. How'd you learn this game? Like you really, yeah, I, learned, I learned it from my dad. Is what that kid yeah. would say. Yeah, I my can't fucking believe he dad won that, that game and he just got a, a dollar in pennies. Um, so I have played that game and lost. Yeah, that's the same as like uh, you know, street magic or like the shell game or like a uh, three card Monty, where you think like, oh yeah, I, I got this, I got this handled, and then they just go, you don't even, not even close. You've been hoodwinked. That's it for you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, folks. That's Hoodwink. That's Hoodwink. All right, time for our commercial break. We'll see you guys back with DJ. Yo, DJ. The Dylan and Joe Basement Podcast is brought to you by Q-Tips. I mean, uh, Walgreens brand cotton swabs. The next evolution of beauty products. You can use them to clean your ears. You can use them to clean your nose. Actually, I've been told that you're not allowed to use them for any of those things. So I think they're basically made to uh, polish your figurines. I'm not really sure, but Walgreens brand cotton swabs. Um, you, uh, you use them for something. I'm not sure what. Legally, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to say here. Uh, but... Um, we support our sponsors here. Thank you. Seventh grade is when I found System of a Down. It was like around that time period. Yeah, dude, same. Because I forget what album just came out. My cousin Betsy liked them. And I got really drunk for the first time in my life to System of a Down with my cousins. And I think that was That's fantastic. Yeah. seventh grade summer, like into eighth grade. Can't beat that. What a summer no, that can't. is. So anyway, so let's spin this, boys. Spin this motherfucking wheel. Spin the bottle. Yeah, I'm oh, so shit, excited for you to meet DJ in person. He's very much looking forward to this. This is his first podcast. Um, <laughs> I was so happy for him. Uh, now I have to, I only have one screen next. My laptop is about to die. Even though I charge it fully. I think it drains a lot out to power the microphone and everything else. So yeah. I'm going to share a screen and then I'm going to have to open up the little thing of jigger here but we'll figure it yeah, out take your time no one's in a rush there we go like that um so i am drinking um buffalo trace bourbon today with dj Ooh, buffalo trace that's a real fucking that's real the real deal that's a real podcast sponsor i should say it is i know you know i know you know that and that's why i chose it but i really i believed in the market the pitch that that he our friend gave and that it's the oldest distillery in America. And I really think it might be the finest of the sub $40 bottle bourbons. Is it that cheap? Yes. I did not know that. I thought it would be yes. like at least like 70 bucks, you know? Oh, Just God, no, like... dude, dude, this, this full-blown bottle of Buffalo Trace was about, I think I paid 32 bucks for it. Bullet Bullet is $30 and Bullet yeah. is is uh 4% more in alcohol which isn't necessarily a good thing because you two drinks You're going to drink a bunch in. anyways. What do you need to have it super strong for, you know? Yeah, you don't know it's already strong. So I don't need an extra 4 or 7% which a lot of bourbons right. have. For, yeah. You know, um so like Buffalo Trace, it's a fine one, man. Like I've never made a mixed drink with it. Um but I'm sure it's great, but I I'm a huge fan. Huge I would fan. like to try it. 
Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll try, man. I just all right, DJ VP. DJ, give it hit the button, my friend. Hit the button. I'll give you a tap. Diamond. Diamond. Well, yeah, Diamond. Uh, you like Neil Diamond, Joe? Um, <laughs> Sweet Caroline's all I know, really. But uh, that's a great song to me. Yeah, I I'm like more that. of a Neil Young guy if we're going with Neil's. Um, yeah, as as- well, my first thought was Neil Young when he said that, but I go, wait a minute, Joe. That's not who we're talking about here. That's, we're talking about uh, Diamonds. Uh, yeah, Neil Diamond's fine. Um, all right. I mean, all good, but uh, Diamonds are absolutely uh, incredible. I, I understand that they're, they're forever, I've been told. I have been told that, but uh, they're not. Probably the most non-forever thing is the meaning behind a diamond because the divorce rate's 50 percent america um, <laughs> well that's the genius i mean i i don't i don't know if it's either it's either cigarettes or diamonds have the best marketing scheme of all time one of them is you need this and you want this but under the table it's gonna fucking kill you and all your kids the other one is it's a piece of rock and if you don't give this to somebody then you don't truly love them. And then you're a piece of shit. <laughs> like, what a great marketing yeah. scheme. And everyone yeah. in the world bought into both of those. Cigarettes are smoked around the world and diamonds are pushed around the world. And they're basically just a piece of rock that looks pretty, I guess. And uh, not only that, but they're throttled by market share. I mean, De Beers organization owns, Beers, I think this is about 40, 50% of the world's diamonds and they release for market about half of that, which means they have twice the world's diamonds in vaults to artificially the increase the value. Yeah. I, so what a fucking up. scam that is. Oh, Buy me so one of these. Up. You don't love me. And my parents think you're a piece of shit. And that so, organization is just stroking themselves to the fucking blood diamonds. And no, yeah, not to mention the fact that there are children dying over this shit, but who cares? However, so Buy more of them. Thing. So, so we now have the technology to make artificial diamonds and nobody can tell the difference. Right. And they're a lot cheaper, but it's not real. So you don't really love me though, do you? Yeah, exactly. So it looks the exact same way, but unless kids in Africa got their dad's arms cut off, then do you really love me? Yeah, that's a great point. So <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Diamonds are a joke so, to me. Sorry, go ahead. So they are a joke to you, but if I were to lay out some of the finest things that the earth has produced naturally diamonds would be number one and here's why so for things that we like they have no value in space besides their conductivity properties uh, they do have they do have value inherently bet- between their their tensile strength and the other kind of dip- yeah like there's something there strong. there's a lot to do with diamonds where like when we go back to the egyptians um and we have conspiracies about the pyramids there's sure. two elements that come to mind and it's gold and diamonds, you know, like I have, I'm not actually sure. I kind of went along with you that, that um, diamonds are conductive, but are they conductive? Absolutely. I used to use diamonds in um, the uh, Dunkin' Donuts headset repair business. Okay. Yeah. Our right motherboards that would be, um, you know, when you go to Dunkin' Donuts, they still use the same ones that I used to repair. Yes, I know that gold is, but the, both those things are very shiny too, and they look pretty. And they're they rare. are diamonds. Diamonds absolutely are used in old school motherboards and stuff like this for sure. Gotcha. Conductive. Diamonds are conductive. So, um, and uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're using technology. Uh, however, so here's my thought. But that's not it. their main value. If they were just used for circuitry, they wouldn't be worth nearly as much as they would for what they use it for the most, which is well, not just saw we could blades. Do our, we could do our they're, facts they're, They to dangle argue. on your ears and be fat and, you know, sassy. Yeah, no, I hear you. Arguably, is it what's more, what is bringing more money for diamonds, uh, consumerism or, uh, or uh, industry? I'm not sure. So I'll tell you right now. I mean, look at platinum. Platinum probably, is, is as rare as a metal as gold, but it's strictly used for industry and mechanics and things like that. It's not as pretty. And diamonds can be used for both, but they're mostly used for being pretty. I don't, I question you on this one. We should probably ask our listeners because I think in industry, they're used for conductivity um, uh, pieces as well as, um, I've ever heard of diamond, diamond, uh, diamond, diamond bits like for drilling. So yeah, that's what I'm talking about with saw blades and, you know, hard. Yeah, they have, they have genuine diamonds on the end of them that, yeah. you know, they're small pieces, but they're, they're so strong. That they they're so, so strong. Like, yeah. So as far as like how many people, you know, are getting engaged per year versus how many, you know, people are cutting and using these for mining, you know, like hmm. arguably mining. Um, I so, can hear that, but do you think they're being sold in the same way because of the fact that the diamonds like per ounce or whatever being used for actual mechanical use maybe those are just much cheaper because they're sold from a different company but like the diamonds you have on your finger are upcharged by like a hundred times just because of the fact that you're going to get married or where absolutely a, so or if you're running back in the nfl and you get your rookie contract you put them in your ears like that's that's what diamonds make their money off of not off of selling them to you know right. industry well, you know here's the thing it's not you know it's both we just it don't know both. which one we don't know which one makes more money um, so here's the thing. So from personal experience, I have uh, no diamonds on me at the moment. I have just gold. Um, and I have given 16 plus diamonds to somebody plus a morganite stone for the center. So it's very important that you don't understand what morganite is. So I don't understand what morganite is. Um, so on the, the engagement band, it's covered in diamonds on the outside. And then the center is morganite because it's more unique. But what um, is every, Morganite? I'll tell you in a second. So let me get a story. So like the diamonds are on the outside and they are, they glisten, they're beautiful. They are, it's, you know, like you cannot fake this with glass. You can, it, it's a diamond shines like nothing else. And it does uh, not. Cubic get, zirconium does a pretty good job as a facsimile to me for my untrained eye. Zirconium. Okay. Yeah, probably. But, um, but, but like your skin has oils and these things and diamonds are just not porous at all. They stay shiny always, no matter what, when you clean them, they get shinier, but overall they always look good. Um, and they're super strong and they're beautiful and nothing is like that. And it's made by the earth. Morganite is absolutely astounding for like five days. And then your body oils fill in the pores of it. So it's, okay, yeah. it's, it's just as strong. It has the same properties, but, but it's, it's just porous. more porous. Yeah. And it's, it has a pink, has a pink hue to it. And it's fucking looks so good next to diamonds. So it's like, so diamonds have a good, they got a good thing going on because you, it looks good always, no matter what, you don't have to do a lot of work. So you don't have to say, Hey, this looks beautiful for three days. Then you have to do work. They yeah. always look good. And then also, so I'm wearing gold right now. And gold is fucking sick and so cool. It has a lot of properties, but it it scratches so easily. So then it gets faded. Hmm. Diamonds because gold's not, a very soft metal. Yeah, so soft. Diamonds don't have any things. You know, diamonds are good. So that's diamonds. That's all I got. I love diamonds. Huge fan. 
Good times never seem so good. Thanks, Neil. All right, DJ. What's up, bro? What are you going to do? All right, dog. We're counting down. We got some shit. I hope it's drugstore. DJ, give us a rip. <laughs> Lucky. Lucky. We just had St. Patrick's Day. So, and Dylan and Joe are mostly Irish. So, I, I honestly, I get to pick the pictures for the, the subjects, but I, I think that this one might have been better suited without a picture. Because I think it's better suited to talk about without St. Patrick's Day. The oh, concept of luck. Here. Yep. Are people lucky, unlucky? I mean, obviously, there's people, oh, you're so fucking lucky. You had this happen to you. You had that happen to you. But in my mind, my like analytical, skeptical mind of the world, obviously, probability ends up certain ways. And some people hit, the, hit a six or they hit the fucking lottery more than once. But I don't think that there's an, any inherent thing that's luck truly yeah i think everything is random like the wheel and if it was really lucky would have hit lucky three times in a row i i don't think that luck is a true thing i think it's a feeling and it's a um human-based pattern recognition way to ascribe meaning to things that happen to people you say oh you're lucky something good happened to you oh you're unlucky something bad happened to you when i don't think that it actually exists at all i think that luck is completely a human construct what do you yep. think I don't believe in luck. I know that you can look at world the world one of two ways is that um, if you wake up every morning and do an audit of your problems and also of your blessings, yeah. you can choose. And no matter what happens to you, you can still choose. Everybody has that choice. It's incredibly hard to do that because shit sucks probably most of the time. Of course. Um, but it's incredibly hard no matter what you're, what you're given but some of the happiest people I've ever met claim to be don't luck is never something that they mention. Like they, they might've got a cancer diagnosis and they are just like, you know what? Today's a fucking awesome day. All's good. You know, like, yeah. And then some people who that's have a good like, point really too. People never talk about luck with medical problems. They never go, Oh, cancer. Unlucky. I'm so unlucky. I got cancer. It's like, no, it's just, it's unlucky. they wake up and they go, I'm fucking happy to be alive. I wish I had whether people had sometimes, but overall all is good. And those people are mentally more strong than some people who really don't have any problems who just go to the grocery store and they're out of fucking guacamole and they go, I'm so unlucky. It's a yeah, mindset. My luck's I do run not out. Believe. And then there are people who die in airplane, car, whatever crashes, whatever it is. And yeah. are they unlucky? I mean, theoretically, if they've been on 10,000 airplanes and all of a sudden that one that just crashed in China, a um, little unlucky due to definition, but is that due to them being unlucky? No, it's just that's that's just shitty circumstances. I don't think yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm not it, really one who believes in luck because, um, you know, it has luck has a lot to do with, you know, the outcomes because more of chance like, you know, um, I've heard it as described as preparation meets opportunity. Uh, yes, you but there are some people who do. So, so I believe in, so I don't believe in luck. I believe in right place, the right time. Um, how do you distinguish those? I don't, um, I really, cause you said chance and right place, right time, which in my mind are all synonyms for luck. Yes. So 
it's a give and take. So you might, you might get success in career, but you have less success. In, it's, it's all relative. And I don't think, I don't think that there's a, you know, like you're someone who really, some people firmly, firmly, firmly believe in luck. So you yeah. look at it and you go, Hey, you know what? They just, that just worked out really well for them due to timing in place. And that's, that's cool. But is it, is it luck? You could probably call it that, but it's not what traditionally people think of when they're like, those people are like, that's a lucky person. It's like, they always, yeah, you, you can just call it that. It's us ascribing the word to other things. Yeah. Cause it is, you could be lucky. I was my lucky pair of shoes. And every time something bad happens when you're wearing them, you just forget about it. And every time something good happens, you go, Oh, what shoes were I wearing? Oh, my lucky shoes. Yeah. Isn't that I, funny? Um, I'm slightly superstitious with a couple of things. I mean, every you're, time you're not I, superstitious, you're a little stitious, as Michael Scott said. There you go. So, like, there's just to wrap this up, there's a couple things I do. I've got a pair of shoes that have caught as I know. You know, I do have a pair of shoes that are my nicest pair of shoes I bought when I was 18 that I still have that. Oh, I forgot that my background says press your luck. <laughs> I was like, I waited for there it. you go. I didn't realize that. So like I got a pair of shoes and then every time I walk in an airplane, I tap the airplane twice um, just to give it a good blessing. Brush your teeth five times, buckle your seatbelt three times, touch your lips, uh, touch your nose, yeah, touch your I lips, little, touch your nose, I have a little touch your bit of those things, but that's more superstition than luck. So I don't know. Luck's a hard one. Yeah. Well, luck is the opposite side of bad luck. And if you're afraid of bad luck, you're just as afraid of luck. I'm not afraid of bad luck. I think that um, you know, everything's an opportunity. Shit sucks a lot. And it's your perspective. That's really the issue. I agree. Cause everybody, if everybody, everybody has some form of this. So say they have 30 years, 40 years of fucking good luck. And then the next cut, the next 30 years kind of shitty, or they have a year on year off. You're this like, it's like it's all it's all just perspective. Of and course, gonna, yeah, you can't like, be, you could lucky be having forever. the worst day in the entire world because of five different uh, external factors, mm-hmm. and you could literally just decide to make them disappear in your head, and then have the best day ever. You Think know, I'm lucky. It's weird. It's it sucks, but it's it's strange. So, anyways, anyways, it's not real. <laughs> it's a made up construct, and it's fun to talk about, but it ain't fucking real. Yeah. It's something, so. I don't think we're going to get to finish the wheel, but let's do a couple more. Oh, yeah. How many more rounds do you want to do? So what's uh, what's our thought? Two more? Let's do one more and take a commercial break, and then we'll do final thoughts and do maybe do one more or whatever we want to do here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right, this, this one could could be lame as hell. We'll just blow by it, and then we'll do Yeah, I mean, I could thoughts. do this all night. I'm so excited to talk about all these things. They're all – this is a fun fucking format, so – um, like but format. we gotta we do have to put an end to this at one point yeah yeah you can't do it forever how it goes all right dj let's do let's do one more and then we'll reassess and then we'll see what yeah. thank you dj animatronic, animatronic. This is how you know I didn't load the board up. This is such a weird one. No, but it's good, man. So um so my first thought is because of the picture, is because of famous Charles E. Cheese. Yeah, that might be my face <laughs> ever. My first ever animatronic that I witnessed was was yeah, Charles E. Cheese. Okay, I don't know, it's Chuck uh, E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. Um yeah. the fucking rat. The big robot that that plays uh, or sings to the band where they play the music at the 
you know, pizza place or the arcade. I mean, I love the shit out of that. It's just literally a robot that just moves around and then makes people feel like it's real. It's awesome. Well, dude, and you know, so so when was Charles E. Cheese invented? Like 1980 tops, right? Yeah, I think it's mid to late 80s, which is the arcade boom plus the, you know, mass marketing. We can have pizza, have kids there, and they just they just chained it out. I actually don't know how far it spreads. It's definitely dead now. Uh, not out of business, but definitely not its heyday. I, I had to have been after the arcade boom, the 80s. We're talking Pac-Man. We're talking Donkey Kong. Quarter swallowing i mean it's like having candy crush saga come out it's like it's a world beater yeah like it, it changed people's minds on what should be in malls it's like oh shit uh you can just make this video game and people will spend you know 300 dollars a day i mean in total not, not one single person but just quarters are getting fed they, they were paying mortgages off of their fucking mansions with these quarter swallowing machines in the 80s and they're like well what if we could make this arcade into an entire miniature Disneyland and we'll build the animatronics that they have at Disneyland, you know, the, what do you call it? Uh, Splash Mountain with the, oh, hey, they're all Peter Pan and everybody else. They do all the Disney things. They have Jafar and Peter Pan doing the moving around. It looks like a real character. They're like, fuck that. Let's just make an arcade in Massachusetts with the same shit. We'll just have them on the stage. They'll come out there. We'll do a 10 second show. They'll look like they're real giant animals, mascots. And then, We'll sell arcade coins all day long. And they made a lot of shit, fucking a lot of money over that. Yeah. All I have to say is that like, like that guy, let's say his name is Charles, um, just must've fucking slept so well at night. Just knowing that he put so Charles much fromage. effort, effort into making like this place, this he's like, you know, I got a hundred grand to use as startup capital to make something yep. fucking a big a banger you know like for kids and yeah. and he goes all right we're gonna have a band up there full of animatronic fucking rats and then uh <laughs> <laughs> and then a shit like pizza made of fucking plastic and then a bunch of games and then this and like kind of dark it's going it's basically right. kid gambling it's it's great it's a kid casino you got the the show girls the show girls is a giant rat and the grimace knockoff and a dog with a banjo you got the casino game set of slot machines. It's fucking Pac-Man and Skee-Ball. And then instead of, um, you know, booze and steaks, we got pizza and soda. So it's basically kid gambling right there. It's a perfect it fucking makes setup. so much sense. And, and you're um, making their parents money, too, because you can't go alone. Kids can't go alone. No, they're buying shit. Uh, I'm just so jealous of his business model. I think it's fucking sick. And uh, I'm, it's awesome. Like sounds it's so cool you know like i'm totally yeah. down with chuck e cheese um i never spent a lot of time there because i was more of a fun spot kid oh um, well don't don't make it exclusive i mean i much prefer fun spot to chuck e cheese but i was a big saying, fan of both just saying um animatronics uh not as much fun spot but i do appreciate animatronics i mean like mm -hmm. anytime you go to a carnival and i love carnivals i love that vibe of carnival yeah the like, haunted let's not forget the haunted house animatronic didn't have to just be animals with fur on them it could be giant yeah. skeletons and shit like animatronics are cool as hell yeah uh space mountain dude you know yeah. like dude this shit fucking rocks i'm a huge animatronic guy it's like i'm a, a big fan of basic programming which i understand mm -hmm. so like i can handle that i can do that um you know basic programming is not a problem for me mixed with caricature caricatures is uh is fun yeah you know 
And I hope it never goes out of business too, because obviously as we go into the future here, we're just going to be head towards more virtual reality and computer generated images. They can look really intense. You can wear it around your goggles and look all cool, but there's something about that tangible nature of like seeing something move in front of you. Yeah. You know, it can't really like, you know, grab you or do anything else. It's just this kind of moving object, but it looks real and it's moving in your real space and you can reach out and touch it. I mean, I remember going on the, uh, the rise of the rebellion ride at the new star Wars part of Disney. And they're still doing animatronics, animatronics, it was called animatronics, but they had, they had a uh, C3PO moving around. They had R2D2 spinning his head around. And it was like something about that being like, I could watch a video of them and look in the virtual space and be like, Oh, isn't that cool? There's C3PO. But to see him in the room and you're like, there he is. He's moving yeah. around. He looks real. Yes. He's talking to you. Like there's something about that. You're like animatronics kick ass. Cause like, it feels like that's really there. Although they can't do everything, they can do something so well. And that's touched the part of your imagination that believes things are real in the moment. And that just really grabs me. Well, and that's the entire, absolutely the essence yeah. of DJ BP. And so, there he is. And he's right here. Listen to this. Listen. All you people who only listen to the podcast, you're missing out. He's right here. DJ BP is our personal podcast assistant robot. And he is a hundred percent real and it's all real. And he is controlling the spins on the wheel virtually, like through through technology, because he is a piece of technology. Yes, it's nice is. having something real here compared to VR, you know, like yeah. He's you don't real. need to it's have really your little scene, green you know? screen background of like a fake robot next to you. Like that looks cute, but who gives a shit? The no, DJBP, a... he's visceral, he's intense, he's tangible. He's a podcaster. He's a real robot. And if you guys want to see him get thrown through the windshield of a car, please Venmo us $35. Um, and just send us an email at what's our email? Dylan Joe Basement at Gmail. Yeah. Yep. Dylan Joe Basement at gmail.com. And then if you are committed, we'll send you our, our new Venmo account that we'll create at that time to make sure that we throw him through the windshield of a car and we'll get it done within six months. Cause he wants to contribute to the podcast and we love real, for it. we're raising money. Um, and it's going to be good shit that that's just having something real is so important to us. The DJ BP, uh, the more all. true than that. I think we should take our last commercial break yeah. before we get into the end of the pod. We'll see you in two and two. Dylan Joe Basement Podcast is also brought to you by Isopropyl Alcohol, 70% brand. Used for disinfecting, cleaning, and all-around household fun. If you have a wound, if you have a headache, if you have a hangover, the best to use. You see, it's 70% alcohol, so although it tastes like hell, you feel like heaven. And I won't tell your sponsor. You can just hide it in your medicine cabinet and say it's for cleaning your pipes. Who really cares? It's isopropyl alcohol, the best brand of getting foam. Oh my goodness, she is so wow. This is uh, America. It truly is a great country. We appreciate your uh, your listenership, folks. We'll see you next time on Dylan Joe Basement Podcast. And we're back with Dylan Joe Basement Podcast. Hey, folks. All right, DJ, DJ, give us a fucking rip, my boy. We thank you for sponsoring our, or you know, supporting our sponsors, Moxie and. Uh, Ajax dish cleaner. We're right on the show now. DJ BB. Ajax guy? Can you give us a spin. Ajax is good. I, I just, I believe in Dawn.
DJ, spin, dude. I just, I do like Dawn. I, I believe in the bird thing, you know? Swamp. Wow. I always use Dawn. Okay, swamp. so swamp we have two more. We, we have two more left. <laughs> yeah, so we have two. Uh, you want to get started? You want me to get started? Oops. Oh, we're going to do Swamp. Uh, no, we're still using Swamp. Uh, swamp. Um, I don't know, I'll start it. I think that um, well, I associate immediately with the bog, which is by the Maros house in the back. And it's the difference between a bog and a swamp and a marsh for sure. But yeah, swamps are they're interesting. They're not comforting. That's one thing that like most humans don't have in common, like the wet and the cold, constantly wet and just swampy. It's not, not a good association with like being comfortable and living there. And a lot of weird legends come off there, whether it's the Witch of the Bog or like Shrek, the ogre lives in a swamp. I mean, swamps are part of the environment. They need to be there. They thrive, you know, as an ecosystem, but no one wants to live in a swamp with all the mosquitoes and leeches and the, the growth. And it's the perfect ecosystem for filth and parasites. And it's so cool looking, but I mean, I don't want to be like living in the swamp. You better put your waders on. You know? Couldn't say it better myself. I never realized that, like, I never thought too much about the difference of what makes a swamp a swamp um, versus a bog versus a marsh. Yeah, marshes are salt water usually, and they're they're open, right, so no they're, trees, they're estuaries uh, near the ocean, right? They're very open, you know. Like a a bog is more of like you think of cranberries, also open. Um, mm. A swamp is. It's funny because a can, bog to me seems like seems like more closed off. You know, a cranberry bog could be called a cranberry marsh, in my mind. Exactly, hundred percent. So I'm thinking like cranberry bog is a marsh with cranberries in it. Only mm-hmm. the only only, it's more open. It's like a it's like a small lake inside of a marsh is a cranberry bog. The ones okay. that I've seen. Yeah. A swamp is, you know, a lot of wetlands have swamps, you know. Wetland. Like, it's, it's certainly wetlands and it's stagnant water. But I think that's the best way to put it is that it's, it's, it's essentially a lot of times you get swamp when you create a, uh, a road through a uh, lake area. You get swamps because sure. it's not it's so water. Low. It's so, um, below the uh the sea level that the water pools down to it well what happens is is you put a road through an area that has even just a small stream and then that road and then that that stream gets redirected and has nowhere to flow so it just pools up in one area alongside of a road or something like that Mm -hmm. and um and that area was once uh, fertile soil with trees and leaves and little hills and rocks and fucking and animals and shit like that. And real it quick aside, the, the swamps that I mean, obviously they're so disassociated with like human health. They're so gross and nasty. But as far as fertility, there's all kinds of shit going down there. I mean, that soil is fertile. It's no, got all the decomposing bodies of every animal that's ever lived there for the past hundred years. And it's human. Fertile. And but and but human. a lot of a lot of swamps that you see are actually because they put a road through a stream. And then gotcha. that, that stream had nowhere to go. So it filled up. And then that's why you see, if you're driving on a road ever, and you see a lot of dead trees off the side of, let's say 95, 
like Route 95 through Massachusetts, New Hampshire, you mm-hmm. see like those areas that have just like these big, super tall, dead gray trees that never fell over yeah. because it's because 95 was built. That was I'm an right area that had just a small creek and then that creek got blocked and then filled that whole area. Now it's a, looks like a lake with a bunch of dead trees in it. That's really realistically a swamp. It's full of organic material mm-hmm. with, so if you were to jump in there within feet, you would be in dead leaves and gross shit, you know, like it's Ugh. shitty, just yeah. shitty shit, you know, just bullshit. You can't swim in it because it's full of shit because it was once the forest. Yeah. Swamps, I feel like we're once. Yeah, the it's the forest be- becoming its wetlands, flooded. forest becoming flooded, and then staying there for however long until yeah. humans think it's gross for sure. Yeah, exactly. Also, so it has no value to us, it has value to mosquitoes, uh, which yeah, is always parasites good. to brain in the amoebas. I think yeah. it's also worth mentioning that it's one of the best ways to preserve decomposing things. As much as it is great for like all the parasites of the world, it's not open air. And because of the sealed water, it's almost as good as ice and freezing in bodies. And they still find bodies from the medieval era in Scotland in bogs and swamps that have been preserved so well by the swamp water because it's not salty in swamp. It's not open air and it's contained. So if it hasn't been decomposed to the point of bones yet, they oftentimes will pull up a body. They, they pull up a body not that long ago that was from the era of like swords and spears from when, right before Rome left the British Isles. And they found a body in there, the Swamp Man of Scotland. It's not as old as the Iceman of Nepal from like the you know Neolithic times, but it's still, for whatever reason, the chemicals, the environment of bogs, they can still preserve bodies very well, which it means that... uh it's not a good place to dump a body, even though it looks creepy. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'll have to say before I move to our next topic is, what are you doing in my swamp? That's my swamp. I like layers. Oh, God. <laughs> have layers. All right. All right, DJ, give us a fucking pull start. On give this us our final ass. spin here there, buddy. Ready? Let's yep. go. Yeah, just rip that pull cord. You know what? I'm going to really fucking... Come on, DJ. All right, DJ, give it a rip. Oh, that's what I'm saying, man. My man, pump wrestling, almost dimension. <laughs> Dude, we gotta get one more. Yeah, yeah. That can't right, be yeah, our yeah, last one. one more. Sorry, guys. Sorry, everyone. Uh, All right, sorry. Dimension. dimension I, I thought it was an okay one if it was early on, but we we don't have time to go into dimensions. No, I'll, I'll, first, I'll do a quick second, bit on it right and now. Fourth dimension and the fourth dimension is confusing because dimension is mixed with time and space and yeah. it's complicated yeah it just sucks so, that um that time is the same thing as space which is really annoying like it's so growing annoying, up yeah. i was i was like why is the fourth dimension time just because we ran out of ideas but then realizing that albert einstein and his colleagues proved that space and time are actually the same thing it's really annoying i mean it's I'm, fascinating it's cool but it's just for your regular brain you're like oh come on it's just like it's too much i can't comprehend it and i also i know it's yeah. mathematically proven but like it if me and you were in space you know time is the same but then we come back to earth the yeah. difference is that if you come back to earth it's different you know but overall when you're there it's not like me and you are like you don't you know, experience just, it differently but it but it is different yeah i mean like when people come down from the international space station they are younger than people the same age as them because they're experiencing time slower 
but it's exclusive to people born on this planet and that's why it's so confusing and like you know as far as time is relative to no to no matter where you are it's just the speed of how you're traveling through space indicates how much time is being enacted on yourself right and as far as different dimensions go like um uh inter what's that movie interstellar interstellar is a good example of a mind fuck of like confusing you with matthew mcconaughey when he's essentially in a tube looking at his daughter's life in different floors and it's like you know but it's like i know that's that is technically sort of reality but like is it i don't know no no i think that that's a movie representation of the mathematic description of what dimensions are because as far as we know with theoretical physics it goes up to 11 or 12 dimensions but at some point it just gets completely fucking out of control i think the fifth dimension as much as 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 much as us humans can understand kind of in our minds beyond that it's like it's all tubes yeah yeah it's 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 that's uh, another podcast so i was let's uh, yeah that's another that's another podcast let's do our final topic uh, here give us a good spin uh, dj yeah dj this old two-stroke hope we get wrestling uh make it happen so close (laughs) hysterical <laughs> hysterical. You know what? Let's do a hysterical and then we'll hit wrestling for our last topic. Just because we, we're, you know, we do the game show, but it's still our podcast, isn't it? Hysterical. Yeah, exactly. We got to do wrestling. We'll just do we'll Let's do hysterical. hysterical and wrestling and then kill this wheel. Yeah, exactly. So, so hysterical is, uh, is really an emotion. It's nothing else. It's just a definition of an a, emotional response. My first response. Uh, to hearing this is that first of all i use the word hysterical to be very funny funny to the point of like laughing too hard like that shit was hysterical like how funny was that it's hysterical it's so funny but it's yeah my closest association with hysterical is that it's associated with women in the 1800s it's a diagnosis much like the word moron and idiot it was a medical diagnosis back in that time where they would say well, your wife, you know, she's upset all the time and she's sad and she's acting crazy. She must be hysterical. It can't <laughs> be because you're a complete piece of shit as a husband and you're locking her up in your house alone. It must be because she's hysterical. And one of the first inventions of the electric age is a tool used to cure women's hysteria. And Dylan, do you know what that tool is that was made by doctors to cure hysteria, particularly in women? I do. It goes up their vagina and electrocutes them. It does. It's called the vibrator. The very first hysteria reducing device. Can you if imagine? I was a girl, that would probably reduce it for at least a couple of minutes. I mean, I wouldn't hate the prescription, but what a condescending way to be like, um, I guess you've never had an orgasm ever, which makes you an angry old bitch. So you must have a medical disease called hysteria. And I guess if you have to be solved by this, we'll make an invention over it. Man, is that such a guy invention? It's like it's the hey, most guy some, invention of all time. It's like, you look, look, you just haven't been laid in a long enough time and you don't want you you cannot we need you know you keep nagging us. You must be hysterical. Guy. So we're gonna make this to ease you into that because it's been so long since you've had real dick so let's do this and, <laughs> no no uh, they've had they've had real dick it's just that that ain't fucking doing anything 
Well, that's if you if you ask. It's a husband girls, who's like, I, I married you when you're 15 and I have 10 kids and I'm now moving on to my extra wives. And if you want to complain about that, then you probably have a mental disorder called hysteria. And uh, that's your problem. Hopefully the oh, doctor yeah. can solve it for you by inventing a device. Yeah, it must be the most anti-feminist, pro-feminist invention of all time is created by men to cure a mental disorder that doesn't exist. And now it's a very popular uh, consumable product. Yeah. By making a fake human organism, well, like appendage, basically. That's funny. That's fucking hilarious. No, hysterical, I'd say. Yeah. I also, people can hysterically cry too in sadness, you know, in depression. It's yeah. hysterical is a word just like getting exciting. into hysterics. It's just like exciting. It's very, it's exciting to the point of um, losing Either control way. of your faculties. Yep. So hysterical. Um, I like to hysterically laugh. That's a moment where time freezes and I miss uh, doing that more. It's a good time. So well, close uh, out wrestling. It's fucking wrestling, dude. So um, on to ding, ding, ding. That was the last option. Ding. Yeah. Thanks for picking wrestling. You did a great job. Um, so we're going to wrap up this podcast with wrestling and what wrestling is um i'm happy to start as a former wrestler because that's not what we want to talk about today um uh collegiate and high school wrestling is awesome and i will never watch it but i appreciate it and i did it so (laughs) it's the number one sport that people did that won't watch because the most popular version of it is a stage play yeah I mean, yeah, exactly. obviously, the people who do it are very impressive, but professional wrestling on television isn't the same as like collegiate wrestling, which is like the old Greek wrestling where you both get naked, you get all oiled up, and you get down in the dirt and just really dominate someone with your physical form. Am I right? Well, that's what I'm talking about. So, like, that's that's why I joined wrestling. You know, like wrestling, is, wrestling is because I wanted to, I wanted to do the most primitive form of. Sh- showing myself how tough i am physically it might be the earliest sport arguably the earliest sport ever invented yeah like hey who can pin each other while we're naked on the ground and tell tell Mm -hmm. the other person they're a bitch that's what it is yeah and um and it's it was the hardest thing i've ever done in my life and um and And you were the hardest you've ever been in your life and the hardest i've ever been in my life diamonds Um, diamond hard um, but no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed wrestling. That was my favorite sport I ever played. Um, really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it was fun. It was just, it was just like a, it was a group of people who nine out of 10 of us joined the Marines and <laughs> <laughs> in that crowd of like, kind of like aloof, like tough guy who doesn't really like, he's just kind of like, doesn't give a fuck, but can break mm-hmm. your head off, you know? Yeah. Um, it was fun. So most people went like literally just joined the military in high school. They're like, yeah, so we, uh, we don't, we're not good at school. So we're going to wrestle and then join the military. And you're like, yeah, cool. I, mean, I want to be with these guys. So, Hell yeah. um, so it was fun. Um, you get to prove yourself and you just, the second you, you might like overthink yourself. Like I'm nervous to join a match or whatever. And the second you're in it, you don't, there's no thinking it's just primitive action, you know? And I really like that. And you will get your fucking ass kicked by someone who weighs a hundred pounds less than you. And it's, it's like, then you can do all the same. It's like, it was nice. So that's wrestling on that level of stuff. Like I highly recommend to kids. You probably won't get that hurt. Um, I think there's something to what you just said about being like, you're so instinctually 
activating your muscle, just like doing it in the moment. And a lot of sports are, that's the appeal of them, right? Like you take your head out of everything you're worried about and you're completely involved in this particular event. You're motivated by it. You're rewarded or you're, you know, chastised by it. You're so in the moment. And so many people are just searching for that kind of thing, whether it's yoga or stargazing or drugs or whatever it is. You're trying to separate yourself from always all your worries that are outside your head and just being part of the moment and nothing really gets there, like physical contact and trying to wrestle yourself through it. And that, that's got to be the, uh, part of the appeal of it. I mean, it just, yeah. And I've done, hard. I've done it all. I really, really generally have as someone. And yoga is, it's your choice. You have to have the mental strength to put yourself in a place where you can separate wrestling. You go into it questioning life. You could have an existential crisis and you go, <laughs> you know, this is all a bunch of bullshit. Fuck this organized group of people trying to do whatever it is. And yeah. then someone is what feels like trying to kill you. And you go, I'm not gonna let that happen. So the mm -hmm. second that snaps, you're all of a sudden like just fighting for your life. And yeah. you might be, you might be able to get them in a position that can like pull them down or whatever. And you don't, you can't worry thoughts, about your paycheck thoughts, or your flat tire or whatever. It's like, you're just there, oh, but not even that I'm saying to a deeper level of existential depression and crisis is that survival you go, instinct. You go, you go, those thoughts that I had about the world around me are not serving me right now. So they are not <laughs> happening. You go, I just want to make sure that I'm able to fucking breathe and take this and, 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 and keep myself alive. So all that shit that you manufactured in your brain that you read from poetry that you got because you did too many drugs or whatever your fucking problem is. It's all cute is in theory. Out, is out because you want to make sure that you're going to not die. And that's a, and but you're safe because you're wrestling with people, not there's the people watching to, you, but that is the most. Yeah, yeah animalistic human instinct to survive to survive so you, you go that there, you all of a sudden it just it just removes the world around you in a way that yoga cannot do that nothing else can do because you are a male in a male dominated environment trying to kill someone and it's fucking great and i miss it a lot so the call the wild the call the wild where like you go you drive right back to hunter gatherer moments and nothing else matters. And then you, you know, it's like, it's a nice thing. So that's wrestling on that level. Then there's fun wrestling, which is the WWE or F, which is located just outside New York City. And that's fucking hilarious. And everyone who hasn't seen it yet, get the fuck onto Mickey Rourke, the wrestler of the movie. <laughs> it's it a the soap opera with dudes who are huge. Yes. But the movie, The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, is one of the most meaningful absolutely amazing movies i've ever seen in my life and it has it's not it's not like oh it's boat wrestling it's like yeah it is but he's also banging mr tomei and doing <laughs> bathrooms it's like and his movie barfly if he worked out i haven't seen it but i'll take that it's, a, it's the same movie except he's jacked instead of drunk okay well he's drunk too right <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine how drunk he is in barfly okay i haven't seen but you've seen the wrestler yeah yeah it's beautiful i fucking love the wrestler man it's like it's a no, touching, no, it's, it's very it's very good I mean, it's a beautiful it. movie it's this is like a this isn't one of those movies that's like oh it's stupid it was nominated for best picture yeah and it should have been like it's yeah it's it's a uh, yeah agreed it's a um for those of you listening this is a movie you need to see it's not a like oh it's a movie about wrestling it's like no this is a, a it's a human story passively 
passionately meaningful human story that wrestling is a part of it but mm-hmm. it's not like oh you, you like i didn't like i didn't like that wrestling i liked what i did but it's like so good so we have that wrestling with the chairs and this that the other thing and then um that's wrestling right joe i think so yeah and that's that uh, uh, that sound means we're out of time here folks uh, uh, see you next week on jeopardy okay <laughs> oh thanks joe episode six i mean i can't imagine where we're gonna go from here we already ran out of ideas five episodes in so i i, I mean i can't even think of what we do maybe episode seven episode eight or maybe for our 10th episode we'll do something dude. funny i don't even know this podcast i'm so excited about it, where it's gonna go um and hopefully I'll remember to upload this this week. And if not, I'll upload it whenever I think about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just remember um, But that. yeah, this is episode six. It's about the mm-hmm. wheel of time and the wheel of spinning and wrestling. And it's all kinds of cool shit. So this podcast, I think it's going places. And I, and I hope that at least a year from now, we can do like an anniversary episode or yeah. maybe we can do like a, uh, you know, just like a, a year long retrospective. I mean, I hope we make it a year. I don't know, but... I like the way this podcast is going. And although we're only six episodes in, I feel like we've been doing this forever. I feel like it's been a while. And, and, and we just, we, uh, our podcast is, uh, has a mission statement and, um, it's, it's really just about exploring the world, enjoying our time together and, uh, in taking it, taking it, uh, taking it as it comes, you know, like we're here yep. for you guys organically. No one's exactly trying right. to get out there and do crazy shit. You know, like we just, we're just happy to be there for you guys. And uh, with we time, take it as it comes, as Jim Morrison with time, said. With time comes great reward as uh, I think that's a quote from, uh, from our friend uh, Winston Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yep. He is, he knows better than anybody. So um on the note final thoughts uh joe you want to start us off final thoughts sure um i love this format i maybe we might do it every week from now on maybe episode seven will do it and maybe maybe the whole year we'll do this format i mean i don't know who knows i mean i don't know what's gonna happen to me i mean obviously this virus is stricken the whole planet i mean we all might be dead by next week <laughs> there's really no way no way that i really know <laughs> it's just it's cool it's cool Go ahead and take from here. <laughs> so um, everyone just uh, bear with Joe while he keeps crying. Um, my final thoughts are that, uh, yeah, no one can predict where we're going with uh, episode seven because we could all just uh, drop dead from the virus and all that shit. Um, but uh, yeah, we like where it's going. We're going to be here for you guys while the world around you goes uh, to shit. And um and uh, we'll see you next week for episode seven. Uh, what What do you think episode seven is going to be about, Joe? Um, I got no idea. I, I have an idea. Why, why don't I just spitball while you think really hard? Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's about like, um, I don't know. We're earning all these kind of cool, you know, weird mysteries and stuff like that. Maybe it'll be about like, you know, uh, trains. 
maybe about Dennis Rodman. I don't know. We, we, you know, we're always up in the air and we're always looking for responses there at home. I mean, no, we appreciate no, it, all you know, our actually, viewers. Really enough, episode seven um, could be about Nostradamus. Uh, really? The, oh, the, wow. The end, of Z, the end of Z World. Wow. Well, we were just talking about the end of Z World. I mean, what's a better... Yeah. At, you know, at the time we're living in right now, I mean, who, who knows what, what day could come, you know? So maybe the end of Z-Roll is right around the corner. Yeah, it, it could be episode seven. Um, yeah, that know, might be a very that, good topic to, to mention next week because of the times, you know? Yeah, I think so. So um, so we'll spin besides, the wheel of besides fate. Besides that, the, with the wheel, though, like... We'll spin the wheel is, of fate and see what happens. This is fun as fuck. I'm down with the wheel. This went so well. As I said, I could we could go another an, at least another four hours talking about the rest of the wheel. Yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna save you guys. We're gonna let you guys let you know what's up for next week or even a couple days when episode um, seven or more comes out, and yeah. um, we'll let you know. We'll see you guys then. But uh, for now, it's uh, it's Dylan uh, DJ BP, our uh, exclusively made podcast robot, the first in the entire world made of uh of rare earth metals go dj rare earth metals light strong superior fast and intelligent the first of its kind if you guys have a podcast and need one you hit us up they're 500 bucks and um all that money goes to charity aka us and um uh we'll do good things with it we promise but if you do need a podcast robot he is the he's the first the kind he's got kids he can make more of himself he has exclusive rights to his design and uh we'll see you guys next week for episode seven we love y'all uh and the dylan joan basic podcast get used to fucking what do you call us plug and play pray and roll what's behind you joe pray and spray press your luck press your luck and we'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to spade or new your pets. Thank you. Bring your pets. DJBP, he's visceral, he's intense, he's tangible. He's a podcaster. He's a real robot, and if you guys want to see him get thrown through the windshield of a car, please Venmo us $35. Um, it's a piece of rock. And if you don't give this to somebody, then you don't truly love them. And then you're a piece of shit. <laughs> like, what a great yeah. marketing scheme. Can't Slight remember, struggle, but you also are connected to everything. So galloping sounds fucking like a gigantic orgasm to me, and I'm so into it. And I think all the horse girls of America can tell you, it's exactly the same as that. All right, and DJ BP, let's hear the We fucking one. nailed it. So on that note... Uh, DJ is going to bring us back the fabulous game, much like Spin the Wheel, called Ookie Gookie Cookie. Um, do you want to tell everyone what that is? I, I sure Because I, I, I do know that um, you were responsible <laughs> for training an intern uh, relatively recently. You see the secondary video and you see like nine dudes recording it and none of them make a sound. Like imagine if that was planned, everyone would be like, oh shit. Oh, but they all just go. Because they realize how fucked up it is. How much commitment this silent is fucking silent. psycho. This kid is a he's going down for as a legend. I mean it's like no no there, this was a absolute full... legend. <laughs> it's cool, it's cool. <laughs>